Oh, and we got numbers running. Uh, we got a Cleveland Moto podcast. To my immediate left is Oscar, and to his is Chris Smith. And by the way, just got to warn everybody. Got to watch out. Chris Smith's packing. All right. <laughs> to his left, Steve Hoffer. But I want to note that Chris Smith is actually wearing a shirt under a sweater, as I'm opposed like John to John Mecklefresh. Yeah, I can't. I can't do the match. John oh. Mecklefresh last week was wearing the same matching sweater, but commando. Yep. <laughs> underneath. And then back from the land of the mouse. The triumphant return of <laughs> the triumphant Steve return of Sleepy Sleepy Sinch. Sinch. Thank you. Triumphant yeah. That's so, a big sale there. I mean, hey, what <laughs> here's what I will say. Here's to you because I would not have ventured. I've never made it further into a Disney establishment than Trader Sam's Enchanted Tiki Room. So here, here is the breakdown of this whole thing, and I can surmise this in one simple sentence. Anybody that even thinks about going to Disneyland, please look up Jim Gaffigan Disneyland. Because I didn't know this existed until I complained enough that everybody was like, you suck, I don't want to hear from you anymore. Right. And then I accidentally found this. Oh. Just look up Jim Gaffigan Disneyland, and that'll save us an hour of podcast time. How did it feel? Oh, wait a minute. Time out. What? That was seven cents. That's cool. (laughs) I think we can surmise Jim Gaffigan. Disneyland bit. But let me add this to yeah. it. So I went down there. It's Florida. And we had... The, you guys were experiencing negative 47 degrees. It was really cold. Right? Yeah. Okay. It was. So I went down to Florida, and it was ne- it was 44 degrees. The whole Florida. time. It was 44 degrees. Four degrees in Florida, right. Which wow. is cold for them. It was Jesus really Christ. cold. And oh, so no, I had, like, pants, jacket, hoodie, yeah. jacket over it. Everybody did, right? But here's the thing that's kind of interesting that nobody talks about. There are people... That go to Disneyland, I think it's a status symbol to say, fuck you, I'm in Florida. Right. I'm going to wear sandals, shorts, and a Mm t-shirt, even though it's 44 degrees. Oh. And you look stupid because you're wearing a hoodie and everything else. Now, wait. Maybe it's the people that flew in from... uh, Like Minnesota or something? Yeah, right. (laughs) Uzbekistan or, you know... (laughs) Right. Minnesotopia. Right. And they they flew in from there, and they were like, we're going to Florida, sweetheart. Don't even pack the mucklucks. Right. You know? You don't need any of that shit. Pack your thong and your flip-flops, and we're going to rock into Florida. Well, they they continued to rock it, because I was huddled. I was huddled up. And then, of course... Because I'm broken and old, my arthritis kicked in. So I'm dealing with like, I'm sitting on like metal benches and stuff, and this shit's. And I was with a very religious parental, parental uh, in law situation. Oh, oh. So there was no alcohol, there was no anything, and so I was miserable. Until I finally (laughs) declared my freedom, and I said, if you want me to go to this, you will buy me at least $50 worth of booze. Fair game. To my wife's father's credit, he said, "No problem. Here's a hundred bucks. Keep the change. Right. Go get drunk." So you got and then I was very pleasant, and yeah. I was happy, and everything was fine after that. So I was going to say, "Man, you're a bottom shelf guy." Yeah, no, no, <laughs> fifty dollars <laughs> worth of booze at Disney. Fifty bucks at Disney. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah two right. Beers? Yeah, no, it was. It, do, it, do you have any cocktails that don't come in a mouse? Right. No. It, in a couple of seconds, I'm going to come in a mouse. But look <laughs> out. But it is a very horrible experience, and when you step back and look at what's going on, like, I'm, listen, I, I'm a pretty mediocre, like, you know, like, I don't dig politics, whatever, right, that's fine. but when you look at the people there, it is the bottom of the barrel no, of it's humanity. Not, no. Really, no, Steve, it's, not, no, it's yeah. not, it's the top of Walmart. Okay, well, it's, it's not yes, the bottom yes, of the barrel. No, no, it's the top of Walmart. I hundred, I hundred percent agree with yeah. whatever you just said because it is exactly that. Yeah, it is people that have money. Yeah, they have disposable money, 
but they spend it in ways that nobody else would spend their disposable Wait, money. Now, I'm going to respectfully disagree because there are people that I know yeah. that every year go on their vacation right. to Disney every Disney year. World, just love the shit out of yep. it, and, and it... It does something for them yep. that no place else would do. But the are they up. are they ah, drink, ah, are they drinking while they're doing yeah. this, or are they Gen- with? Gen- generally, no. Generally, yeah. no. No, they're 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 not booze hounds, but they thoroughly enjoy the atmosphere. Right. And how this? The, now wait a minute. They enjoy that atmosphere the same way you enjoy riding a motorcycle. It's a it's true. They it's could a never think that riding a motorcycle is cool at all. And I've got friends that. Season passes for Correct. Cedar Point. Correct. Or not so, Cedar Point. Sorry, Disney. And the problem that, that shocks me is I have people that I know that are on fixed incomes. They're on a relatively tight margin. Yeah. But every year they get there. Every year it's important to their family to get that pass. That fix, sure. It is that thing, and it's real important to them. And for years, I used to get a, a Cedar Point season pass because yeah. I am a coaster fanatic. But Cedar Point doesn't suck. It's current. To you. I think no, that, no, it's current. There's well, things that can scare you at Cedar Point. I've done some Disney training, so okay. like some Disney sales training. Yeah. And their sales training, their idea about this design experience, like they want you to have a certain effect. They want you to get... It's theater. I mean, it's basically sure it three-dimensional yes. theater. What they do, they do it better than most companies manage to give you that. And their properties tend to be clean, their properties oh. tend to be well appointed. I've never been on a cruise or anything, but fuck. All right, yeah. Three. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna fill you guys in on about five different points of that. Yeah. One, Uh-oh. when you wake up in the morning, you go somewhere. Yeah. You are inundated with the bleach smell of them. Yes. And anesthetizing everything, everything that you touch. Right. 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 They are clean. Keep right. keeping the germs down. Right. No right. problem there. Two. Because they don't want anybody. So Disney theory. I have a third aspect to this, which is one of my brother-in-law, who's a genius that graduated from MIT with the thing, used to work for this company that made carbon fiber products. Yeah. And they made brake shoes. Okay. So he got to go and like sell Disneyland on brake shoes for all their shit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. So he got the unadulterated look into it. Oh yeah. And all these people were like. We don't give a shit about 90% of our rides. Right. They're 1965 at best, and they suck. Yeah, their rides are cutting edge. There's a few things that whatever. So if people are actually honest with themselves, which, again, I refer to Jim Gaffney because he right. does this much better than I can. So it's a small world, right? And, sure. and I don't take anything. And, and that thing's and been around I hope my, my little my five-year-old, my five-year-old daughter doesn't hear this because she enjoyed everything because it's all new to her, right? Yeah. But as an adult, you're sitting in this fucking thing that you waited three hours to get into, right? Your legs are smashed into your fucking man tits, and you're sitting there, and you're driving through this thing, and it's a bunch of fucking plywood cutouts with fucking lights behind it that they haven't dusted in 15 years, and all this shit's there. The fucking audio is like, (laughs) the whole fucking time, right? And you get through this, and it's awful. And it's fucking ridiculous. And right. you're like, do really people pay for this? Right. But then, okay, like, so, so you, but you deal look with, in your child's eyes. I yeah. know. And you, <laughs> it's not for you. It's for I the I understand kids. that. I understand it. But then, but here's the thing. So then you get to, like, a place like... They you have go, an adult Disney. It's called Vegas. Right. But no, but then you get to certain things where, like, you go to the Star Wars shit, right? Mm-hmm. And they have, it's called, like, oh, Star Tours. 
Okay. Right, Star Tours, yeah. And you get on this thing, and it's a it's a fucking simulator yeah. where you go and like R R two D two and three PO are like, oh hey, we're getting taken over, ah, and yeah. then you fly, and it's fucking great. I was like, holy fuck, this is great. <laughs> what about the haunted house? The haunted house is haunted like, uh, it's like, uh, uh, what about Captain EO? No, but but that no say. But here's the thing. That's a good one. But no, no. There's there's Too that soon. there's that. But but here's the thing. But then there's also shows, and like they should just like market the shows because like literally when you go to like I don't know like uh, what was it uh, fuck what it's one of the princesses whatever. But they have they have there's like, a lot of them. They have like 15 people yeah. doing a live play performance. Mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast. Okay. Beauty yeah. and the Beast was great. It yeah. was like going to a fucking like Broadway show, and it was fucking fine. Okay, so let me make a comment. So there's a, a young lady that I know used to work for us. She's about 32 years old, single. Goes down to Disney World with her sister and brother-in-law and their kids. Okay. Oh, okay. So she's helping out with so the kids. So she's the one who has no kids. She's Correct. the aunt at this point. Correct. Right? Okay. And she came back, and I said, well, what did you think? And... The theatrics right. and the chutzpah that those actors have down there really won her over. So she's yeah. with her little niece and the little princess. So right. that's the that's mm-hmm. the under the water one, right? Okay, under and, the sea, yeah, yeah. So the Little Mermaid, Mermaid. Tina. Yeah, look, so Mary? Tina's standing with her yes. with her niece and the that. actress, and they're getting their photo taken. And then the actress says to Tina, "Are, are you a mermaid too?" And she says, oh. "Wow!" <laughs> she she took it hook, line, and sinker, and she snapped because right into it. This gal knew exactly the word to say to another right. adult. Are right. you a mermaid too? Right. And a lot of people down there, Steve, with yeah. all due respect, dream and play act mentally, oh, yeah. and and they got her so perfectly. They nailed it. That. She can't wait to go back again. There are people so in something Disney like with that. Disney Some, gang colors. Yeah, so a, a, a simple comment yeah. by an astute actress to say, mm-hmm. are you a mermaid too? And that's being in touch. It is. It's really being in Chris, touch. Chris, I 100% agree with you because here's the thing. So, like, I had a very diverse situation because I watched the performances. So, not not the rides, right. but the performances. And you've been in the theater world. I right, mean, you've right, seen right. That, yeah. And these people put it in, and it was great. Like, right. I really enjoyed Little Mermaid, the play, and right. Beauty and the Beast, the play. Right. And we took... My daughter to meet Elsa and Anna, the princesses oh, and stuff, and they put it in, and yeah. she loved all of that, right? Yeah. And that's great. They have, but but again, Disney has like one percent to do with that. That has to do with the actresses and actors that are putting their heart and souls into these things that make it. Even the Indiana Jones, like stunt display. I keep forgetting how many properties Disney owns. Oh yeah, yeah right, right. Because it is kind of now. It is because when we were kids, it was like Disney, Goofy, Donald Duck. Right. But now Disney can be Star Wars, yep. Indiana Jones, Jones Back right. to the Pic- Future, right? The, Pixar that, and, and Pixar as well. Pixar too. Yeah. And I am not There's taking a lot of Green Door. What's that? They own the behind the green no, behind the green <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but listen, I'm not trying Disney to take does Dallas. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not trying to take anything away from any of the performers because they really put their hearts and soul into what they're doing, right? But yeah. But what I am complaining about. 
is that the fees that they charge for this to get in. Oh, no, it's not cheap. No, it's not cheap. Yeah. And, I, and I didn't pay for any of this, which is it's great. So right? you're just bitching like a bitch for no, 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 <laughs> no. But here's for the other thing. people, it was a trip to an amusement park. For this gentleman, it was a fucking death march. Right. <laughs> it sucks being an adult and a parent. God damn no, it. No, no, no. Listen. No, no, no. So all these shows and stuff are great and all this yeah. stuff. And they're they, like, the okay, when there are human beings putting their heart and souls into something, you get that and you're like, wow, this is really nice. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Disney is just riding on their laurels on the bullshit rides that are their fucking things. And, and that's what I'm talking and about. And I think that we as... Citizens, I mean, I'm a theme park devotee. Right. I love them. And after you were making a mention of it, I did some looking around, and there was, uh, when there was the original Epcot mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. The, each, the whole idea was that each area around Epcot was going to be a different zone. And those are okay. And it was They're... supposed to be, like, Norway. Right. And they had a ride that was all about, like, being in Norway. Right. And so they had a Viking longboat and all kinds of shit, and it failed. Yeah. And uh, the, the ride failed because people fucking got hurt on it. Like, people got ejected from the boat, and there was fire and lightning and a Tesla coil and, like, <laughs> political messages and shit. Right. Because it is sometimes like going to a World's Fair. And if you've ever been mm-hmm. to a World's Fair, World's Fairs used to be the only way we could find out about people from other places. We didn't have the internet. In our TV channels, we had, like, you know, three, re- right. three regular and two UHF. And we weren't going to learn about... Really come into well, but you know, know what? Epcot was the most legit part of Disneyland. Oh, they put everything into it. They yeah. really do, and they yeah. bring people from those countries, which I'm sad for, kind of, but at the same time appreciative. Yeah. Like, if I can. Again, when it says, my name is Mon- for 12 months, and free room and board. Right. Yeah, and my no. name, you know, name badge Steve, says Manuel from Uzbekistan. So, yeah. So, you know, Disney spent X number of years perfecting this thing. Yeah. So when you were going through some of these rides with your daughter and stuff like that, and you exit out through the Gift shop. Gift the shop. gift shop, right? Now, now did you ever hear over the PA kind of a a lockdown? Oh, uh-huh. so they've got a secret word that goes on. Yeah, that if you lose little Oscar, oh, get out of here! Uh, that everybody what stops? No, it's on the back of my motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, it says <laughs> little Oscar. It says little Oscar. <laughs> so they locked that area down because the parent has come up and said because I'm sure you lose kid. children all the time at a right, right. Like oh, yeah. so they've yeah. got that so wired tight so yeah. we, were, we were down there gosh 15 years ago right. and we heard three of them really and, and, and my wife and I said you know and it doesn't really... say like code 13 no 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 it comes it's out all very subtle, subtle. Yeah. subtle. Yeah. and then you can hear okay Something like release, or right. some, whatever right. it is. And somebody will correct me on what the right. phraseology is. However, it says, okay, you can let people out of the gift store. Oh, yeah, the whole park has like got to be I mean, dialed. They are, infinity. right. I mean, so they've got the number of things that they have to be aware of. they got 70 years almost of people carrying not, guns. People not no, dying. But, but on top of that, they have it so dialed in that like they know when you can't sit and you need to sit. And there's right. like, mm-hmm. there's like, <laughs> like like flower sit. flower areas that have yeah. a high enough thing that you can possibly sit without being uncomfortable, uh, or they're going to push you into a restaurant where they're like, "You need to order something to sit here," and you're like, "Fuck, <laughs> okay, can I have a soda?" Like you just need it. Like they. And here's the funny part: so we were there when it was 44 degrees, right? And Which is have, so bizarre. It was yeah. really weird. Yeah. And but like all the gift shops and all the food places are not set up for this. 
Right. Because they're used to 90,000 degrees. Of course degrees. they are. They're so they have fans blowing air. They know how to make it cold. Stuff. Yeah. So if there was like one warm section, there were like 95,000 people huddled, huddled in that one warm yeah. section. And all these people in jazzy scooters going, vrr, 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 trying to get like closer <laughs> get to the into warm. The heat. Oh, uh, it was so funny. Human man. beings are heat seeking. Oh, yeah. It was. So, well, I don't know. I just, my perspective on the whole thing is that, okay, as a former member of the. Roller Coaster Club of America. That's <laughs> so right. You probably were one Amen, too. brother. Right. Yeah. And so we used to go to different roller I mean, parks, and then you used oh, yeah. to ride the vintage coasters. Yes. Yeah. And so, I mean, pretty much those are a lot of their stuff is vintage. I mean, yes. the, their coasters and stuff are vintage coasters. But what coasters? But, Most of but, them are like not even. No, but but what I'm saying yeah. Hold is, on. yeah, I'm not saying that it's yeah. not about how good the coaster is. I tell you, my favorite, and I've ridden. The Millennium, 13 times in a row, walk-on with my daughter, okay? <laughs> but my favorite coaster ride ever was at Memphis Kitty Park. Yeah. On that coaster with my son, yeah. the first time he ever went on it, and it's like two, like, exactly. 10-foot zips or yeah, something. that's all it is. His hands were up. It was the biggest thing he was smiling, yeah. and he was like, I had to sit with my legs. I could barely get in that no, you can't get in that car. Yeah. <laughs> and my legs crossed, and right. it was the... I mean, it was the crappiest coaster ever, but it was the best coaster I'd right. ever had, and right. that's what it's about. I mean, to me, that's what it's about. I mean, if you want coasters, you go to like, a, yeah. like, uh, what uh, you go to? Well, I mean, Cedar Point's the best. Cedar Point is <laughs> so Six Flags. You go take to that, Six Japan. Fuck you. No, Cedar Point's the best. Here's my point. It's all <laughs> designed in Japan. In nineteen probably. in nineteen fifty or nineteen sixty or whenever it was, they debuted. It's a small world, right. and people's minds were blown. They were yeah. like, "Wow, right?" Yeah. Wait, I went to the I went to Disneyland in 1972, and it was probably the same ride. Right. Yeah. And the small world sucked in '72. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. So here, I mean, here. it was a shitty ride, and that music was horrible. Right. But here's the thing. So now it's like 50 years later, right? And they haven't updated anything. They haven't even tried. For no, no, no. no I, like, how about just being <laughs> accurate to what it is? And yeah. like, so here's here's the other aspect. So that I have CG this. screens all over the place. No, 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 no. Like roadside bombs. No, and, uh, <laughs> no. But here's the thing. Over oh. the years, over the years, <laughs> things have stopped sinking, and they right, don't man. care. Right. And like, I have proof of this because of my brother-in-law who went there to sell them stuff, and they're like. If the shit ain't broke, we ain't even fucking touching it. I don't care if the fucking It's a My World thing is singing fucking fuck you, we're right. whatever. They don't care about any of they it. They don't. Well, so, th- okay. Did, hey, uh, uh, next hold time. on. Hold on, guys. How you doing? Good, how are you? Good, man. What's up? Uh, not so much. What can I do for you? Or? Oh, we're yeah. super closed. We're mega closed. Uh, we're sorry, so closed, we're actually recording a podcast yeah. right now. My bad. Oh, it's okay. No, but not... Now you have to sit down and talk. No, no, no. Come and see us tomorrow between 11 and 6. 11 and 6. All right. Cool, thanks. Have a great night. Yeah. Um, Hey, Renee, do me a favor before you leave. Real quick question. What was the name of the theme park we went to in Blackpool? Blackpool Pleasure Beach. Pleasure Beach. The Pleasure Beach, the whole Pleasure Beach experience (laughs) in Blackpool, United Kingdom, United Kingdom, England. Yeah, right. Is like... Take away, you say 44 degrees, and remember, this is the North mm-hmm. Sea of Britain. No, it this rained about Blackpool. as much as it would in usually And Britain so 44 would be like July, August. Right, right. right. Yeah. And the, uh, 
we went to this amusement park there because Renee and I are absolute amusement park idiots. Like, right. I love them too. We're I'm coaster not, idiots. I'm not a guy that doesn't like amusement parks. That's what I'm going into this as. And we went into we went to a place in England to go ride a stupid, you know, Valhalla, which turns out to be the greatest ride in the world. Uh, they're on the right hand side. <laughs> really? Somewhere. Valhalla at at Blackpool. Go. Just go. Yeah. Believe me. Go. Um, but anyway. We went in there, and there's, like, the train ride. You know, you can always judge a theme park by the train ride. Oh, yeah. I yeah. love the train The train ride, ride yeah, is all these things, like, you can tell the old men, because the old men are like, oh, it's nice to get uh, nice to get in a seat and just be in the train for a while, you know? And, and it's a place you can sit, yet see shit, right? <laughs> right. And so there used to be... smell the coal. The riverboat the ride. Coal. Oh, Cedar Point, they burn coal, because yeah. it's a steam train. Yep. So the... I'm going to say... Some horrible things now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> About the train ride at Pleasure Beach in Blackpool, Was there England, in the UK. In <laughs> no. But the whole park has been like maintained with like six cans of paint <laughs> since 1959. Right. <laughs> and when you're on the train ride, the idea of the train ride is you know, you go through different regions right. on the train ride. Mm-hmm. And now Joggle Lake used to have like the Hatfields and McCoys thing. Right. You know, and the the boat rides used to have like the the fake gunfire on both sides of the boat. Oh, yeah. And it was like the Ed Rotor you know, Band. Yes, yeah. exactly. Really? Jungle Larry used to Jungle shoot Larry's the, African the Safari. Quite oh fucking cool. At Cedar Point, yeah. That's Spot. So, you know why they call him Spot? You know why they call him Spot? Because he's been in the he's same spot. He's been in the same spot for 48 years. <laughs> I love the joke. <laughs> yeah. I so there, those raps are always great. And the, the Jungle Boat ride, a lot of famous actors got their start by being the guy that was on the Jungle Boat ride giving their giving the spiel, right? Anywho, I digress. <laughs> Back to Pleasure Beach. Renee and I are seasoned <laughs> theme park veterans. Right, we have been to all kinds of veteran. Like we've been to crazy theme parks everywhere just to ride the top six coasters on planet Earth. Now, we went to Pleasure Beach because a couple of things it had there, but we were not expecting the train ride. First of all, we went and it was, well, the weather was English. It was exactly what you think it would be, and despite the fact it was maybe September, we might have been one of only nine people in the entire park. Yeah. The entire fucking park. We had it to ourselves. We we would see other people that we know paid to get in, and we'd high five them. Wow! Just because like that's the way it was, and we were doing the spook in the dark rides, like the you know sit in the train car thing and go through the dark building. Yeah, we were doing those things with just us. The ghost train, the ghost train, etc. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So you actually got to be scared. Compared to oh, it was pretty yeah. cool. I love those rides. Well. Many places in a modern theme park, you know, you can tell over the years they've changed things so you don't accidentally hit your fingers on things. Yeah. Or the, the, the coaster that's going by at 78 miles an hour doesn't rip your fucking face off. You can't high, you can't, you can't have five yeah. anybody on the ride. No, There's cool. no way to reach anything from inside the car. But you know what? Pleasure Beach and Blackpool, it's a bit more slapdash. <laughs> uh, you know, it's okay if you hit your head on a 4x8 beam. You shouldn't have been standing up anyway, motherfucker. And that's sort of the way the whole place is. We're in the train ride, though, and we make the turn in the train ride, and no shit, and I have a picture of this on my Facebook somewhere you can find it, there is a black fella, not an animatronic, just a statue, with a giant at least eighth of a watermelon in his hands. Oof. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. And he's been painted like last week. So it wasn't like somebody <laughs> forgot that, that was painted. He was not. It's not like somebody yeah. forgot that he was there. They wanted to do a down home in the south mm-hmm. theme montage, mm-hmm. 
And they decided that that was important to the idea. So they had a couple of shanties and whatever. And they literally had a pickaninny standing there holding a watermelon as they were playing, like you said, the canned music right. through the train car. You know, banjo, Banjotopia. And I was just shocked. When we came around the corner, I felt like the most woke I've ever felt in my life. Because <laughs> I'm not woke. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. But at that moment, compared to everyone else in Northern England, I was a woke motherfucker. Right. Because I was like, you can't do that. <laughs> like, and I looked at Renee. You missed Renee, a piece of chica, chicken in the... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Renee looked at me and I looked at her and I just went, I'm just happy to be a black man in the South. And like, that was the, the wow. that was my dialogue for that fucking <laughs> statue. But you realize that when you look around that there's a lot of that because of the era in which it was made. Mm -hmm. Remember, England was like 10 years late to the game. You know, what was very quaint and very southern right. here, it took a little while to get there, and maybe it's, I'm wrong. But buddy. Cedar, up until three years yeah. ago, Cedar, the, 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 hats and the a riverboat yeah. excursion. Yeah. The river, you go through the riverboat yes. excursion until so you shut it down. Right. But you had some guy drinking. There were guys drinking moonshine. Moonshine. And one off. guy cutting, holding the fish. Right. With the motors. And oh, my God. No, they were like, there was shit in the riverboat ride that was straight up pure Song of the South, Uncle Remus. Like, whoa. You know what they call tiger. people who live in Seville? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it. Civilians. Civilians. And then so we'd yell, <laughs> civilians, and the guy would say, no, they're plastic. They're plastic. <laughs> oh, jeez. Mm. All right, so. That was, um, that was a great ride. That was my absolute favorite ride in the park. Oh, yeah. Oh, and that's great that you could sing along to it. Yeah. I mean, that's like, like, that's like Rocky Horror does Cedar Point. And the Hatfields and McCoys yeah. were shooting across the street. Oh, yeah. The McCoys should get a, a shop on this side of the street, and so they could fight across. <laughs> um... I must I must mention the elephant in the room, which in this case is a rifle. So there's a rifle. Somebody bought a rifle to the podcast. It happens. It happens. This is a weird podcast. Shit happens. Uh, before we go off we go on a twenty from, minute a twenty minute rant on theater on, uh, theme parks on, on Disneyland. Well, Disneyland theme parks in general. Look, if you can't do twenty minutes on theme parks, you're not working hard enough. But we digress. I di yes, we digress. <laughs> so Chris brings us a rifle, but it's not a normal sized rifle. It's a a child-sized rifle. You know, because what every eight-year-old needs is a rifle. Is it what, like three America. Feet, three feet long? America. Three or four feet long? So, again, where did you get this? Well, we uh, we bought it. The family, uh, we vacationed down in Wheeling, West Virginia. There's Cabela's down there. As there are everywhere. <clears throat> yeah. Well, and so Cabela's has kind of an antique I didn't vintage know section. So I knew Cabela's had... You know, forty acres and a mule worth of firearms inside the Cabela's, right? And some Cabela's even have like a theme park for fish, where they like you know fish, stuffed animals and stuffed whatnot. Animals, absolutely, yeah, all kinds. And I'm not talking about the fun kind of stuffed animals. I'm talking about like it used to be alive shit. Yeah, right. Like it's a bear with styrofoam inside. Yeah, yeah. The item formerly known as yeah. nature. Yeah. Right. So they have a gun section, but I didn't know they had a vintage gun section. They do. Yeah. I had no idea. So we always, I always like to walk through the vintage to look at the old stuff. Didn't know they even had it. Yeah. yeah. So is it in the same room with the other rifles and pistols? It's off to one end. Mm -hmm. It's they definitely have. They keep the vintage together, right? And the newer stuff right. together. And, it's almost and like it's a motorcycle shop. It's, so this, so they don't have to like share space with the lady Remington pink correct. thirty-two caliber. Correct. And if you want to buy this, do you have to bring your nut? 
like genealogy and stuff with you, or how do you buy? Um, you know, I oh, was that's a good question. question. Yeah. That's a good question because buying I was able to buy it. And I was on federal probation, so yeah. I didn't. Get, <laughs> oh, I'm teasing. You were oh. like, well, is there a school nearby? <laughs> yeah, right. I'd like to buy this rifle, but is there a school nearby? <laughs> um, so for me, it's fun to look at the oldest stuff <laughs> that is there, right? And I like the smallest caliber stuff. Mm-hmm. That's of course, there. yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of like. You know, it rattles it. around in the brain and kills them slowly. So Congratulations, yeah. Yeah. you achieved both goals. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we bought this rifle, and uh, each of my boys were allowed to have a, a twenty-two one when they were bullet. growing up. And, <laughs> and one bullet. So that you had to sign and say, oh, "This yeah, is yeah. worth so it." So now wait, now <laughs> each one of them got their own twenty-two. Twenty-two when they were growing up. There's yeah. a rite of passage. They received yep. a twenty-two, yep. and they were, they were. 22 years old when they got it. What? But, no, I'm oh, teasing. I'm teasing. Shit. Uh, there were six. It was great. But T, and my youngest, was looking around, and, and he kind of liked this because it was old. And uh, It is old. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. it was, I don't know, 130 bucks or something like yeah, that. exactly. And uh, Mrs. Smith thought it was maybe 10 or $12 too much, and I thought, fuck you, we're getting it. It's cool look. I mean, I mean it's I cooler it's, than a PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. so it's it's cool. So and your PlayStation, it is pretty cool. It the is. PlayStation never killed the neighbor's cat. Yeah. So. And so I I just brought it up because you guys are aficionados. For, yeah, so I used uh, to, small. in a previous life, I used to be a gun fag. Uh, and I don't use the term gun Camaro. On this one, I'm going to go straight for the gun fag thing. <laughs> That's the sound of quality. Yeah. That's, uh, so what he has is a single shot. Roll. It's The mechanism is called a rolling block. So the breech on it is called a rolling block. And that's because when you cock the hammer back, another lever must be actuated to r- lower... The block, the breech block. And this is the way artillery and cannons are still made to this day. So you take the biggest 155 millimeter howitzer, and it operates using the same mechanism as this little 22 caliber rifle. And that is that to keep the explosion from putting all the energy into your face, you know, in your mouth hole and your eye holes, <laughs> there's a big piece of metal that slides to cover the back of the shell so that all the energy can push the bullet out the dangerous end. Right, and a rolling block rifle has been used forever since we had cartridges to begin with. So, in the days of powder, and you know, you had the powder horn, and you had a patch, and then you had a ball, and you'd shove that down the barrel of the gun, and you had a little hole of some sort, and you'd either strike a flint or ignite a primer cap, and that would shoot a jet of flame into the back of the chamber. And that would shoot the barrel, the ball down the other end. Well, of course, those were closed on the back end by your face. That was all part of the, the receiver was completely closed. Well, when we decided it would be a better idea to load this shit from the back than the front, and it would expedite things, and we had cartridges, you could then figure out a way to make a back wall, so to speak, that would raise and lower, that you could lower that back wall, put a cartridge in, and then raise the back wall, and then and just have a very off. small, seal it off, yeah. and have a very small firing pin that would shoot through there. And that's exactly what you got going on there. So, so what's cool about this, yep. though, for a, a oh. kid, though, yeah, for a child, is is they you got to push this down. That's yep. the only way. Then Loaded. you then you can seat one shell in there, one cartridge, one twenty-two bullet, we'll and then and then you, oh. you you have to shut it again. Yep. That's okay. your chamber, and then you have the pin. Right, and oh, when that block cool. rolls up into place. Uh, <laughs> right, and the rolling block idea of it, the rolling block is that when you move that lever, when you actuate that lever, you're levering oh, okay, the okay, block okay. up into position. The All breech right. block is now closed, and you'll see a firing pin there. Yeah. 
And that firing pin was what the hammer impacts you can see, to yeah. transmit the energy to the yeah. edge of that rimfire cartridge. And that rimfire cartridge is just a little bit of uh, explosive, you know, uh, material, a little nitro, in the edge of a brass shell that explodes and the fire, the powder all burns off with a, a ton of force and nice. shoots a little cartridge out. When I looked at it, I was thinking, I was like looking at the, mar- the markings on it, I knew when you brought it in that it was a Stevens because of the shape of the receiver. So the shape of it is very, we're going to have a picture in the show notes, of course, but it's a junior, so it's a, it's a small-scale rifle for teaching people how to shoot. Huh. But it has significant weight for a gun length. It has good because weight as is your friend. As opposed to some little plastic piece right. of crap yep. you buy these days. I send a lot of my friends when they have babies. When my friends have babies, I send them Red Rider BB guns because I'm that guy. Yeah, you know, and everyone should have a broken window. But the uh, but usually it's the parents breaking the windows. Yeah, and I usually send them when the child is like irresponsibly young, like 12 months, 13 months. The uh, they shouldn't be handling a red red rider anyway. But so yeah, this is a single shot. It's a good training rifle. It's what the Boy Scouts and stuff used to use. The Cub Scouts used to use. Um, When I went to Camp Stigwandish here in Cleveland, we used something (laughs) similar to this. Um, and we got our little block with the six holes drilled in it. Oh, yeah, that bullets. was awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. with the six we had holes bolt drilled action, in it. Though. We had a bolt action. Bolt though. actions were more popular. The Stevens was more of the frontier version. Uh, you can take the rifle apart. Just there's the one screw right here mm-hmm. underneath that'll take the whole damn thing apart. Uh, it's real. The it's the utter best of simplicity. The only thing it's missing is the metal butt plate. So there's a butt plate on the back mm-hmm. of the stock. It has what's called a Monte Carlo stock, which is this nice raised part that interfaces with your cheek when you're shooting it. Mm. So it's a cheek rest, and they call that a Monte Carlo style. And that's what it is. Uh, it doesn't have an octagonal barrel, and it does not have a little flourish at the end of the uh, trigger guard. So those two things being missing means that it's not from the 1880s. Because that's when they started building this shit. All right. Like, this rifle exists back into the super-duper old... Uh, this is probably between 1912 and 1943. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's pretty good. So that's how old this is. Um, they will, it's stamped correctly, J. Stevens, uh, J. Stevens Arms and Tool Company, uh-huh. which is the correct stamping on there. And at first, my red herring that I was wrong about was the use of the term 22 long rifle. I thought that would have put it as post-1929, but it turns out it doesn't. I was wrong about that. So I looked it up with the help of the Googler and realized I was wrong. But yeah, it's a it's pretty badass. I mean, the little lever action, like yeah. little lever operated breech block, is cute and cool and fun. And yeah, it's a great little. I mean, this is what taught a lot of kids how to shoot. In are you gonna try it out and scoot and shoot? Have you tried it yet? Does it work? Yeah, I've I've taken it to the range. Yeah, you put a round down range. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll tell you a little tip for the kids at home. If you're interested in such a thing, you find yourself a low powered 22 like that. You get what are called 22 shorts, which is a you know 22 short round, which will work in any 22 long rifle. And there's also CBs, 22 CBs, yeah, and uh, they're uh, almost subsonic. And when you take a baby bottle nipple, go to the hardware or go to the drugstore and get baby bottle nipples, and use a rubber band and put a baby bottle nipple over the tip of the rifle, because the round is traveling at a very low velocity. And the baby bottle nipple, the noise that a rifle makes is mostly by the sound of the projectile exceeding the speed of sound. 
and the gases escaping the barrel. If you can slow the gases escaping the barrel down significantly, you'll lose a lot of the report. I've taken so this it's like type a of silencer. It is. And you can take out raccoons and stuff in the neighborhood with this particular device if you're willing to invest in a 12 pack of baby bottle nipples and uh, put a rubber band around the end, tighten them down real good. And they're good for one per shot. But when that goes off with a CB round in it, um, you won't even, it won't get the neighbor's attention I at all. I use an oil filter. Oil filters, well, we'll get into that. That's a whole different thing. No, <laughs> it's not the oil filter. It's The oil filter works good, but the Briggs & Stratton lawnmower muffler is the bomb. If you want to make an improvised silencer. Um, anyway. But <laughs> I digress. We're on FBI <laughs> watch list yeah, now. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Well done. Well yeah. done. Thank you. Way you to take do, the podcast a into a dark area. Tap, though. You need, you need you, a special tap. You do have to get a special tap, and you can tap the end of a like round. 28, yeah. 28 threads. 28 threads. Yeah, exactly. For, for your average <laughs> silencer. We're, we're not going to get into that. Hey, but would I, you guys I, like to participate in a quiz? Of course. Would you like a quiz? I like quizzes. Of course. Quizzes are good. I've had two adult sized cocktails. All right, so again, this is the uh, Jeremiah. Is this motorcycle content? It is. This is the uh, motorcycle Jer- Jeremiah Weed's Strangely Delicious Libation of Whiskey and Spices in the Sarsaparilla. That's easy for you to say. Yeah, loosely speaking, Sarsaparilla. I don't slur, I speak in cursive, and that's classy. <laughs> Which they stopped teaching. (laughs) I'm still a fucking... Okay. Quiz. Some of these might be trick questions. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is for our podcast listeners. People that waited 35 minutes to get to the meat and potatoes of this podcast. (laughs) Yay. Sorry. 5,000 downloads a week. I don't know how it happens, but 5,000 assholes need this in their lives. Mm -hmm. God love you. How bad is it? How bad is it in places other than Cleveland? All right. In what year was the first Harley Davidson sold? Thirty-seven. Oh two. This is an interesting one. I'll say oh five. Okay. So. Oh five, I guess I should say. Yeah. In two thousand and three, Harley Davidson released its hundredth anniversary edition. Oh. And they released. They released about nine cojillion. 100th anniversary edition motorcycles that were limited edition 100th anniversary Harley Davidsons. Our children will all be dying on those bikes someday because <laughs> they produced about twice as many as they should have. Anyway, um, 1906, despite all their marketing materials, uh, in 1906, three of the five bikes that were originally built by William Harley and Arthur Davidson in their shed behind their house. Across the brook. With parts that came out of other factories from other places in the town they lived, Milwaukee. That they stole in their lunchbox. No, no. The, well, they had a friend of theirs who was working at this other shop, you know, sort of cobbling together some pistons and cylinders. They weren't foundering all that shit in their own shed. Fuckers. Yeah. So three of those five bikes were sold by the first dealer they had signed up in 1906. A little Smitties. different than 1903. <laughs> they were Smitty's. They were Smitty's, yeah. Smitty's Harley. Uh, but it turns out that 1903 was, in fact, the first year that a motor bicycle using the Northside Milwaukee machine shop at the home of their friend, Henry Melk. Yes. It was finished in 1903 with the help of Arthur's brother, Walter Davidson. And upon testing their power cycle, that was what it was mm. called, the power cycle, 
Harley and the Davidson brothers found it unable to climb the hills around Milwaukee without pedal assistance. You know what that's like, Oscar, don't yep, you? Yep, As a yep, moped yep, owner, yep, you're beginning to appreciate it's much that. It's the same now. They quickly, wrote, <laughs> they quickly wrote off their first motor bicycle as a valuable learning experiment. So this just speaks to every Harley-Davidson dude in the world. It's got a 1903 tattooed on their brain somewhere. 1903, 1903, 1903. Our, our history is 1903. 1903 would be like when Steve and I got together in the garage, had too many beers... And put together a motor of some sort on a bicycle of some sort. And we would call that the first, the origin of our company? Prototype. Hey. Anyway. It was a prototype, but you don't really, it wasn't a It was just a thing, right? Yeah, right? yeah, so it was a thing. But that's where they count the start of their company. But that was where they started building shit. Okay, who's the world's largest motorcycle manufacturer? Honda. Hmm. I would say Honda too. Anyone else? We'll give it like twenty uh, seconds. I'll bet maybe a fling poo kind of company. Not a bad guess. I think Yamaha. Okay, it turns out it's Honda, hmm. and it has been the world's largest motorcycle manufacturer since way back in 1959, when tail fins ruled the world. Uh, turns out they've built 19.5 million motorcycles. Million. Per annum. Per annum. Oh, shit. 19 mil a year. Per annum. Wow. That is some scary shit. Because I remember we were talking about Royal Enfield, like mm-hmm. a million units and that kind of stuff, like that Chinese companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 19.5 is insane. Interestingly enough, they're also the world's largest manufacturer of internal combustion engines, period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So shit, yeah, what burns that. gas? Yeah. They do 14 million. They're industrial. Those GX motors are unbelievably good. Everywhere. Every fucking You way. can't beat them, and they're unbreakable. Yeah. It's just the craziest thing. I mean, that is bonkers when you Plus think they about... they make outboards. <clears throat> they make cars. Yeah. They make motorcycles. They make, they make the power... Do you know they make generators. airplanes, too? Uh, I didn't jets. know they make... I didn't know yeah. they made those. Jets. They make jets. Honda makes jets. But that allows... I've been in a Honda jet. That allows people to take 50-year-old, 50 50cc motorcycles yeah. in Europe all the way to the Arctic Circle on 6,000-mile journeys and yeah. still make it And home. still make it back. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Maybe a little more obscure. What is the Kawasaki KLX 400 also known as? It has another name. The Green Machine. No. <laughs> it's also known as a DRZ 400. What? I'm glad you made that sound. What? Yeah, the record scratches at that point. No shit. Okay. The KLX and the DRZ are the same. Turns out, in 2002... This little company nobody's ever heard of, Kawasaki, right? Yeah, decided that they were going to team up with this other little company nobody ever heard of called Suzuki. Yeah, who, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, and the, they were going to join up, and they were going to help each other flesh out each other's lines. And so what they were going to do is they were going to authorize each other mm. to take a bike they built and rebadge it. This is like Toyota and Subaru, button heads on the deer or uh, the S, whatever that sports car. Yeah, yeah. All right. So 46. this is weird. No, the new thing. The it's 46. Well, all right. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. 46? I have no idea. Yeah. But 
I digress. DR, whatever it is, yeah. But there was a Subaru DRZ. and a Toyota, yeah, little DRZ. little sports sports coupe thing, you know? yeah. yeah. But yeah. the but Toyota calls it like the forty six. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, it. Right. Yeah, sure. Okay, so back to where we are here. I think the DRZ the number, the DRZ. The DRZ 400, the DRZ 125 were also sold as KLX 400s and KLX 125s. Boy. Kawasaki and Suzuki have been building co-branded bikes since 2003. The M95 Suzuki Boulevard. Okay. Okay. And the Mean Streak 1600 Kawasaki. I wish I was a Harley Davidson. Mm-hmm. They're the same fucking motorcycle. Seriously? Seriously. Hmm. So those two knuckle dragging, <laughs> again, no replacement for displacement, yeah. torque monsters that they are. Those two bikes are from the same company. And it just turns out that the Mean Streak and the Suzuki just have slightly different bodywork. But underneath, they're exactly the same. But going bike. back to the DRZ, so. So this all stopped in 2007. So 2007. So when we think DRZ, what are we thinking? We're thinking like last 10 years. Yeah, right. Right. And that's not right. So Dustin, so, if he was here, would not be bummed about his bike. Right on. Okay. Exactly. He wouldn't be feeling worse about his DRZ. Right, right, right. Did, did Kawasaki uh, stop doing that because they didn't want to stick with cars? Uh, I have no, you know, That's a good point. I think that Kawasaki went, Suzuki. Come we'll, on now. We'll throw you a bone. And Suzuki went, Sure. But can we do it the same way we've done it for 30 years? Yeah, right. Yeah. We don't want to change anything ever. 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 Right. And yeah. that's Suzuki. Okay. We brought back the Hayabusa just for U.S. for the next year or two. We're good. You I know think about they that, just right? killed it, right? No, no, no. What? You don't know about that? No, I heard they killed it. They killed it everywhere else except for the U.S. Fuck you. They're no keeping way. it to 2021. Get out of here. No, you didn't hear about this? Are you shitting me? No. So wait a second. They kept the Hayabusa. For the rest of the planet, they were like, Done. Too dumb to live. Too dumb to live. Right. U.S. twenty one. We're gonna give you. We're gonna give you literally two more years. No, this is a huge to get the Hayabusa out of here. Like the rumors you heard are untrue. (laughs) Rumors of my death have been in the whole world. They're true except for in the the United States. Wow. So the Hayabusa. Yeah, I think you're right. It's like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah, she won't die. (laughs) I think Chris Smith nailed it. I think Chris Smith just nailed it. As we've learned, <clears throat> when you can buy a DR650 right now at dealerships that has 2015 stamped on it, yeah, I think you're right. I think they gave them two years to clean everything. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. So it won't yeah. meet. The tooling's standards. already been paid for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just run it out. Well, yeah. I'm the same with the uh, the other bike that you're just talking about. Yeah, get rid of them. Get rid of them. Yeah, booses, but yeah. sell them. But it is. I mean, it, it wears the badge. Yeah. Okay, so what is the biggest Single cylinder, mass-produced motorcycle. DR Big, yeah, eight fifty. No, it's eight hundred actually. Eight hundred, seven ninety-seven. Yeah, what is it? It's the Doctor Big. Doctor Big. And so the weird thing about this bike is, um, I love the fact that around this table, you guys shouldn't know about it. That's yeah, but you, Steve Hofford, should kind of know about this bike. Yeah, right. Because it was sold. You owned one, Steve. <laughs> it was never sold. One of those. I've wanted to own one forever. It was sold from it? Suzuki? Suzuki, and it was sold from 1990 to 1998. And what and is the, what is the most significant part of that bike that is carried on to multiple other brands? Oh Jesus Christ! Come on, give it to me. Give it to me. It's the first motorcycle to have a beak. 
Oh, it does have a schnobble. It was the first yeah. motorcycle it, to it have did the have beak. A schnobble. It had so a BMWs yeah. and the new thing, everybody yeah. had a, a beak yeah. because of yeah. the fucking the Dr. Big. Big. I never yep. heard of it. So what's weird about the Dr. Big is if you do pull up any pictures of the Dr. Big, that literally on the side of the motorcycle, it says DR800, mm-hmm. which is what its designation was, like a DR650, but it's a DR800. And it says B-I-G on the motherfucker. Like it has the word big on the side mm-hmm. in cartoon letters. That you could only get away with in 1983, unless you're Suzuki, in which and, case it and, says Dr. Big right on the side of the boat. And if you had a, a crystal ball yeah. and you were a Suzuki fan, what are you, what are you thinking about 2020? What's coming? Ironically, Dr. yes. Bigger. The Dr. Bigger. So the yeah. Dr. Bigger is coming out, unfortunately, Seriously? yes. No way. But they broke the fucking rule about Dr. Big. And no single cylinder. They're just using a V-Strom 1000 engine. And they're making uh, it a bigger. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just basically going to be a Dr. Bigger. It's, it's going to be it's, a v, but it's, Yeah, it's going to be a... It's a V-Strommer. It's a, yeah, it's yeah. a Perry with, Dakar V-Strom. With more suspension, whatever. Yeah. And what they're doing is, is they're not listening to the demands of their clientele. Right. They're thinking what we oh, can do to make it bigger or do whatever. <laughs> well, because most yeah. people that want to take shit off-road don't need that much power. They want, the, they want a DR... 400, right. 650, yeah. whatever, with suspension that can cap- yeah. be capable on off-road. The the new Dr. Bigger is all about... Oh, yeah. I mean, that's... that. And if you look on that's the side, it, it the has man, the goddamn yep, the word big, Dr. Big on the side. Yep. That's uh, it. should come out with yeah. the Dr. Smooth. Dr. <laughs> Zeus. Uh, but they've said <laughs> the V-Strom 1000 motor, which mm-hmm. has been out for now... They're going to push you to like a 1165 or yeah, 11 or whatever. It's the same basic concept. Yep. And the idea is they they're, they're need to catch up to the Super Tenere, mm-hmm. and they need to catch up to the Africa Twin. So well, Suzuki... Listen, as got, a Super Tenere owner, yeah. Yamaha has slept on the shit for... Oh, they haven't God. changed shit since 2012. It's basically the TDM 850 yeah. with minor improvements. Right. And I love yeah. my bike, and oh, I'm not hating bikes. on it, whatever. They're great bikes. But yeah. they have to do something better. Well, they really do. I, I think that it is when we look at our past and we look at where we have, how we got to where we are today. Right. And I got a big kick out of being at the motorcycle show and looking at that katana. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept looking at that katana going, Suzuki's newest, greatest, coolest idea is 1983. Yeah. But yeah. better than that was yeah. Kawasaki. I know. Who brought the 900 Cafe who right. didn't fuck it all up. Right. And they kept curves they and did. sexiness to yeah. it. Yeah. And, and they, Kawasaki green. And they did... They did honor their Z1. You know, I mean, they right, honored right. they honored their history, and so did the Katana. You know, it yeah. almost makes you forget about the 92 Katana. Oh, yeah. yeah right. Okay, well, we'll never forget about that. Never forget. No, never okay. forget. In what year was the first Honda built? Honda what? Honda. Fucking Honda. Honda. The first Honda. Motorcycle. Built. Motorcycle? It is technically a motorcycle. Mm. Yeah. 58. We have mm-hmm. a 58. That was my, that was going to be my guess. Well, when did the war end? When, okay. when did World, World War II end what? Depends on where 45. the fuck you were. <laughs> Depends on which theater of operation you were 49, 49. Okay, it's 1947. Uh, the Honda A model, the Honda A model, in your brain, whizzer. Paint a picture of a whizzer in your brain. That's essentially a Honda A model. So, so Shiro Honda... Uh, took a surplus generator motor. It was a generator motor for a radio, a gas-powered radio. Ah, 
that's sexier than a gas-powered yeah. blender. Yeah. yeah. The uh, It was a gas-powered generator motor, basically. And he took that, and he added it to a bicycle frame, an existing mm-hmm. bicycle frame. So it was basically the same thing that the Harley-Davidson brothers did, but many years later. Uh, but it the, made it up hills. Well, yeah. it was, yeah. But it, it, the name was great, because the name of the bike was called the Bada Bada. Bada which was the name, which was the sound it made. I love that shit. Um, it was basically a whizzer, but the bike that we all know was the D model. So that was the A model. But the D, and everyone likes the D. Uh, the D was the dream. And the dream was, dream was 1949, and that was 98 cc's, three horsepower. And it was the shape that, that eventually became what we identified as... Uh, a motorcycle. I mean, it was... Was it a horizontal engine? Uh, that first one was uh, horizontal. Yep. And it eventually grew and grew and grew. But the, like, three horsepower, 98 cc's, and it was the D, and that was 1949. So by 1947, Honda was selling motorcycles. You know, they're... they're, they're so by 59, they made the D50, which yeah. actually produced, like, more horsepower. We're going to get into that. And this dude that I just watched rode that shit... Now, mm-hmm. to the European Arctic Circle called like Dakar, Dakar, whatever. Yeah, you can't go wrong, right. as James May will be happy to tell you. Um, if you are trapped on the top gear set and have an infinite budget, right, and you have your choice of a Kalashnikov motorcycle, a Vespa scooter, or a Honda, what was that, a C70 or a, a Cub? It was a Cub. Cub, super Cub. It was a Cub. Yeah. If you have your choice of those three vehicles, take the Cub. You're right. Always Honda. Always right, take right. the Cub. Yeah. Yeah. Always still, take the Cub. I'm still impressed yeah. that they threw it off the roof. And it yeah. still lived. Started. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Yep. That's exactly what it is. It's a wizard, for lack of a better yep. term. All right. On to more fun. What is the fastest production street legal motorcycle? To this day... Right now, available or available in the past, production street legal motorcycle right now. Street legal. Street legal production. That's a trick question. No, it's not. It's actually not. What's the preface to it? It is what is. (laughs) What is? What is the fastest fastest. production street legal motorcycle? Kawasaki H2. It is. Yeah. It's exactly right. It's the Kawasaki H2. And what's interesting is it wins in even if you try to treat it as a trick question. Because if you try to trick, treat it as a trick question, in street legal stock trim, it's the H2, not the H2R. No, H2. And the H2 is that minuscule, tiny little 998cc motor mm-hmm. that makes 209.5 miles per hour. Wow. And that is really fucking impressive. But they wrap <coughs> it in chrome, which makes it so ugly. It's chrome plastic. I, okay. Uh, <laughs> but would it be? Uh, it's vapor chrome. Right. <laughs> would it be? Is it because th- these other engines are like speed limited? No, it's actually the gentleman's agreement has been gone away a long time ago. And what's weird is, <clears throat> so boy, not to get into this too deeply, but age for a while. For a while after the Hayabusa came out, when the Hayabusa was first launched, um, the Hayabusa is a Peregrine Falcon. A Peregrine Falcon is the Hayabusa. And the idea behind that is it was a, a bird that they chose the name Hayabusa because at the time the fastest motorcycle in 1998 or so was the Honda Blackbird. Yep. And the Honda CB XX was the Blackbird. 
What was the C thirteen hundred? What was it? It was big, eleven hundred, eleven hundred something. Yeah, something like whatever. I, 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 I'm wrong about that. I'm certain, but but Fish. it was the CD. Yeah, it was the XX Black Blackbird, and yeah. it was the fastest motorcycle in the world until Hayabusa, which is Hayabusa is the animal which feeds on blackbirds. Right. The animal. I love that. When a company says, "What are we going to call our bike?" Well, what's the fastest bike in the world called? Oh, the bike, fastest bike in the world is called a Blackbird. What eats Blackbirds? I don't know. Falcons? Peregrine Falcons? Can we call our bike the Peregrine Falcon? Sure. Hayabusa. It's got a nice ring to it. We'll put the kanji right in the side of the bike. It'll be cool. Everyone will have that tattoo. Uh, next thing you know, yeah, that's the H2R. Yep. And the, what uh, was the Kawasaki fourteen hundred? The con- well, no, it was the ZX fourteen hundred, ZX fourteen hundred, okay. yeah, Ninja. And yeah. they couldn't, they couldn't. They make- did good, but they, they were tried. later. They tried. No, no, they were later. But I don't think they beat. What had happened? Well, what happened was the gentleman's agreement, and this oh. gentleman's agreement bullshit was like everybody agreeing that three hundred kilometers per hour, one hundred eighty-six miles per hour, mm-hmm. was a rational, reasonable speed that motorcycles should go. <laughs> I'll let that sink in. Yeah. The Autobond. Yeah. Nowhere. 186 <laughs> miles per hour. If you, you let go of the handlebars, you vaporize. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. right? People used to think that we shouldn't travel on trains because they went 35 miles an hour, and no human could sustain so, that speed. So in realistic terms, yeah. Okay, I've had a lot of motorcycles over the years. Right. And one of the ones I had was like a 2002 or three or whatever R1. Of course. And the, the speedometer was give or 10, 10 miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> And I remember going on Route 2 on the way to Thompson where you have that dip and up and you can see everything and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the speedometer said 186 miles an hour. Right. And there was a car in the right-hand lane. And if I would have sneezed or blinked or farted or anything, Anything. I wouldn't be here right now. No, So that that alone, like 100 and – so maybe 107 – let's just say 175 miles an hour, okay? Oh, Oh. On on, uh, Whatever, with air and everything. Is way too fast for ninety nine point nine percent of everybody and ninety nine point six percent of me. Oh well, yeah, of course. Yeah, right. I mean that's that's the most ridiculous thing. Yeah. This gentleman's agreement, which is cockamamie on its best day. I mean, right. I, I lived through this whole thing. Right. The gentleman's agreement was all about three hundred kilometers per hour. And then MV Augusta being MV Augusta. So MV Agusta created the F4, which has the greatest back end of any motorcycle right. in the history of back ends. They created the ass end pipes. It really of is. All it's times. four yeah. pipe organ pipes yeah. Oh, yeah. that are laying under the motorcycle, below Eating your butt. your asshole. Like two inches under your ass. Yeah. There's four pipes that produce nothing but heat and orgasms yeah. as they go down the road. <laughs> For dudes, because most chicks don't and care about any of that. They called the bike the R312 because the R312 went 312 kilometers per hour. It said fuck you to the gentleman's agreement. Mm. And it went technically 192 miles per hour. Mm. And then Ducati came out with a motorcycle that went also over 300 kilometers per hour. But when you would get to 300 kilometers per hour, the dashboard and your speedometer would turn off. <laughs> Look it up, fuck. Look really? it up. I'm not shitting really? you. No, no. I'm not like, shitting you. This black. It would just. Shut off. So the the display of your speed yeah. would achieve 300, but it wouldn't go to yeah, 301. No. It would you. stop. How does it feel? Fuck you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so this was the idea of the gentleman's agreement. So all these companies that agreed yeah. 
to build motorcycles that wouldn't exceed 300 kilometers per hour, right. the Italians felt like, why should we ever limit the potential of our motorcycles right. to 300 kilometers per hour? So, you may have agreed upon that, but we did not. So you have to feel it. And, again, how fast are you going? Something higher than agreed upon. Right. Right. Anyway. Beautiful. Um, actually very... Rolls-Royce used to have a thing that said, top speed, and it would say, adequate. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Rolls-Royce was famous for saying the top speed of their the top speed of their cars was adequate. adequate. Yes. Because Duesenberg used to have a thing there that said Now Auburn Speedsters. Auburn Speedsters had a plaque on the dashboard that certified the car was driven at over one hundred miles per hour. Hmm. Back in the thirties. Ludicrous speed. Which Ludicrous. was you know, yeah. you know this big ass car was driven at over hundred miles per hour and there was a plaque on the dashboard to certify that that car had done the over 100 miles so per hour. The brakes were so good, too. Oh, well, no. Yeah. So that was it that. It had radial tires on it. You know. <laughs> oh, no. It did not Slammed have radials. It had giant, huge, bias ply tires. Yeah. yeah. Just, just wooden giant, spokes. As Chris, Smith, as Chris Smith would say, giant chambers of air. <laughs> <laughs> just vessels of air. Okay, so back to the thing. Um, the track only H2R, which is the exact same bike as the H2. Except for computer, right? Um, goes two hundred and forty nine miles per hour, right? Which is three hundred and what? Kilometers? I don't know. All of them. lots, yeah, lots. Yeah, Man. it's like negative. So when you go to negative forty degrees centigrade right. versus negative forty degrees Frankenstein, they line up mm-hmm. like they're mm-hmm. the same temperature. Mm-hmm. So negative forty Fahrenheit, negative forty degrees Celsius is the same temperature. Right. That's some weird shit. Get your head around that. Uh, what, what is, is the heaviest? What's that? What's it in Kelvin now? Kelvin. <laughs> Who's Kelvin? <laughs> it's all about kilowatts these days. What is the heaviest production motorcycle? Mm. Production. Mm. Uh, sidecar or no sidecar? No, no, no. Motorcycle. Motorcycle. Okay. Don't overthink this. The big dog. Again. No, I say victory, whatever that giant fucking behemoth was. <laughs> or the oh, Honda do you mean Rune. the Arlen Ness? Do you mean the Arlen Ness Victory Vision? Yeah, or that, no, or the that ha- was Honda a very Rune, big or the Honda Rune with all the this. Rune was also a very yeah. big. What about that Triumph uh, Rocket? Yeah, the Roqueta, two point five liters of awesome thrust of Cosworth. I don't know if that one's Cosworth, um, but yeah, of three cylinder car motor. All right, what is it? What is it? It's the Harley Davidson CVO Road Glide Ultra. Over all that? It's 968 pounds. Are you kidding? <laughs> I shit's not. That thing is a metric cunt hair. Yeah. It is a tank of gas and a battery away from half a ton. <laughs> Over all right, the things. Right, that's dry, right? All the that's giant dry weight. It's 68 pounds heavier than the biggest Goldwing ever built. Oh, wow. Well, and then with the rider and the, and the passenger, it doubles the weight. Yeah, right. Well, it depends on how much... Like, how Wisconsin... At least 500 pounds most of the time. <laughs> At least. Yeah. I mean, how Wisconsin are the operators? <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously. We're talking about 968 <laughs> in Harley units, yeah. which you know is dry. dry. Yeah. Which you know is like battery. Yeah. Oh, that's an optional accessory. Yeah, right. It's in a vacuum. We yeah. push them vacuum. really hard. Really hard so to the air doesn't add any weight to On the space shuttle... <laughs> We weighed it. <laughs> zero gravity. We weighed it in zero G. Nine hundred. Nine hundred and sixty-eight funts. I mean, that's insane, man. And that's not like that's not even with 
three thousand dollars worth of accessories out of right. the catalog. Oh, yeah. Once you add the leather, you're at like five hundred pounds extra <laughs> after that. Holy shit! Once you add ninety-seven smashed eagles. Yeah, right. Yeah, and forty-seven lived to rides. No, no a ton of skulls. You gotta have at least year, a half. Fifteen yeah, years of unwashed T-shirts. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, it's not in the number. It's in the pounds of yeah, skulls. Right, in right. the pounds of skulls. <laughs> no, has has oh my God. has has any of the drive chain had at, at the outboard skulls added to all the chrome? <laughs> because that's another fucking hundred and twenty. I'm just saying that according to Harley's, and this is I got this number from Harley's own fucking right. website. According to Harley, their shit weighs nine sixty eight. And so, you know the you know the weight they're giving is totally thumb on the scale. Yeah. yeah. So did you this by chance? So I know you guys were talking about all the electric stuff a couple weeks ago yeah. when I was gone. Um, so Harley defended their electric bike and the range that they got because they defended the noise. When there's all these other companies coming out, and I sent a link to some guys this week about um, the new sport bike that's going to do 160 miles. Per charge and yeah. still have it's going to be zero plus kind of like torque and stuff. Yeah, and it's going to be like sixteen thousand dollars compared to thirty, right? Yeah. And Harley still, defended I'm their position the by the fact that like we sound better. <laughs> that was well, their, that was their defense on the position. I'm, this is a thing about the pod, like okay for the podcast people. I'm going to be attending the actual launch of the new the brand new Livewire. No. Oh. Zero. Oh, the zero, new, zero. The new zero. Okay. Yeah. So the new zero is going to be launched, and they've been very good at keeping their fucking cards close to their vest. Which they have to be, because there's like four or five other bikes that are coming out. There's like guys that are like, we're going to produce a really good sport bike that can do fast things for yeah. $20,000. Right. Or $15,000, which is sold, half the price of the Harley. I've sold two of the new zeros. Right. And nobody knows anything about them yet. Right. Well, it's zero, the weirdest thing I've ever experienced. Yeah, it's a sport bike. Well, here's sport the thing. Bike, yeah. Zero, like, so as a person that has no yeah. interest, because I don't sell them, I don't buy them, yeah. I don't do anything, right? Yeah, right. Considering all that's going on, mm-hmm. Zero better blow panties and underwear off everybody with their next release, which I don't doubt that they're right. going to do, right. but all these people are touting all this stuff. They're like, flying me out to San Diego so, as a dealer. San right. Diego. San Diego. San Diego. Or San Diego. Okay, I go. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I can go out there and learn about them. Right. And then, you know, Don't we. Waffles on the Zero is one of the only companies, by the way, vagina. that has mandatory training. Mm-hmm. So, like, we have to go out and learn how to service their shit. Right. Um, which is kind of amazing. I'm happy they're still doing it. But it shows a commitment to the quality of the product right. and a co- commitment to the quality of the dealer. But, anywho. And they also They're, haven't sacrificed any of their performance to make a sound. Well, already, right now, what's in the showroom here for less than $15,000, because that's such a small amount of money, uh, you can have a motorcycle that goes from 0 to 60 in 2.9 seconds right. and is quicker 0 to 60 than the aforementioned Kawasaki H2R, which holds the current land speed record of top speed for whatever. Which you did a video on. Which we shot a video of. You can look up Kawasaki H2 versus Zero. Right. And you can see me spanking a dude with an H2 in launch control and $2,000 worth of go-fast shit. Right. And letting him call the start. I did let him call the start. Yeah, you did. You did. And you know what? If you beat him once, but I beat him three times. Right. So, but the point is, that's 
just how powerful electric is. Mm -hmm. Like electric's very powerful that way. And I'm not a good drag racer. I'm not even a I'm not anything. Like I don't claim to be that thing. And he's a guy that is an aficionado of sport bikes. Right. 650 IB, like that channel and that guy, he knows some shit about some expensive high yeah, end sport bikes. He's not a slug at all. No, no. no. He's a very, I, I respect him as a purveyor, or I'm sorry, as a consumer of high end sport bikes. Like, right. he knows his shit. But you spanked him nonetheless. Yeah, because I happen to have sent an electric home, motorcycle. Sent him home with his right. tail between. I his was legs. very no. He was he was he you know, was it, very courteous. He was very yeah. he was very respectful of the entire experience. But what held us back was uh, we could have done other things, but our speed was governed to you know 108 miles per hour. But the best part is listening to your video and his, and he laughed the whole time. He giggled like a fuck. Yeah, he was like, "Holy yeah. shit, that thing's fast." It is fast. It was it was it so is good. it is remarkably fast. Yeah. It was good. What is the longest continuously standing model of motorcycle? I know there's a lot there. But think about, what is the bike, the model of bike, that has been around for way too long? The Cub. It's probably the Cub. Yeah, right? the Cub. 100% of the Cub. On the Cub. And everybody on the planet... Should say that because yeah. that is the single most produced hundred million vehicle, mm -hmm. vehicle, not two wheeled vehicle, no. vehicle mm -hmm. on the planet. The Honda Cub has produced more of them, <clears throat> and, and mine's right there. And you rode yours yeah. tonight, yeah. exactly. One of mine tonight. <laughs> yeah. and, and and we know it's under twenty eight degrees because you have trousers on, pants. Right, you're yeah. wearing. Lies, I did not ride my Africa Twin. Oh no! But I did mention it. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, turns out the Honda Cub or C50 has been in production since Year of Our Lord 1958. Wow! However, that's not enough to win. Oh, really? Really? What motorcycle can you think of? L something. No. It doesn't matter because oh. I checked. So that's the trick. I was thinking it's Harley as well because I know that there's been some, a lot of like, even the sports has been kicking around since '59, '57, right? So it turns out it's the Royal Enfield. The Royal Enfield Bullet has existed since 1948 <laughs> in the exact same form, despite the yeah. loss of an entire empire. <laughs> wow! So when the British were no longer making it. And we're no longer owning the factory. I checked. When the British had stopped production of motorcycles in and like the Royal Enfield factory in Britain had fucking failed. It had gone away. It died. But unbeknownst to them, apparently, in India, they were still building the shit. I mean, they're still building huh. motorcycles. Was that an Enfield factory in, in yeah. India? Because yeah. they because they built a factory in India to service the subcontinent yeah, market. Exactly. So even though the home market had imploded and gone away, so it's not even like Indian, where Indian factory went away and everything went mm -hmm. away, and Triumph went away and everything went away, and some investor came along and bought the name Triumph or bought the name Indian right. and started screwing motorcycles together that had nothing to do with the original item. Enfield did, in fact, continue to build motorcycles in a factory that they established in one of their... It's truly a third world, okay. in class motorcycle. 
I would like to say it is a example of the sun never sets on the British Empire. It's true. Even when the sun yeah. fucking sets in the British Empire yeah. and they go out of business at home, <clears throat> some shit they started how Back many years ago? Fourteen hundreds. <clears throat> <laughs> Taking flint to steel. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the 1400s, they were building Royal Enfield bullets. Uh, wild. Um, so Do you have the number how many they've built so far? It's astronomical. I mean, realistically... But it's less than the cut, we, though. T- yeah, but we talked about Enfield one time in the podcast, and their production huh. numbers were consistently over 1 million units per year mm-hmm. just for the Indian market alone. Wow. It's amazing. Well, and, yeah, it's a big market. Yeah. And and since we spoke about them on that podcast, mm-hmm. they sent us a free Enfield. So we're expecting no, another free one. Not even a rifle. Yeah. <laughs> not even not even a poorly made rifle. Uh, none of the above. The uh, in fact our local Enfield dealer is in Youngstown. Y Town. Yeah. Ish. Warren, Youngstown. Uh, But, yeah, they were at the motorcycle show with that giant booth. I mean, it's a good-looking booth. Yeah. It's a Mm -hmm. good-looking booth. Mm -hmm. And they have all those Enfield twin 650s that have been tempting us, teasing us, taunting us with a low price. And, I mean, it's a low price, motherfucker. Low price motorcycle, but they really can't get them yet. Go ahead. Did you you see? Excuse me. What's the price in those? They're like under $6,500 for a 650. All right. So... Have you seen the the recent SSR? Oh, motorcycle? I am familiar with. SSR. Do you know what it looks like? The three fifty? No, no. This it's a little micro V twin. No, it's your. It's that. It's, oh no, no. It's sitting it's right. A, here. It's a V seven. Yeah. So the SSR is a V seven. Yeah. With the motor turned the wrong way. Right. And a tiny, 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 tiny cylinders. Yeah. Because is that a 350? 250. 250. 250. It's a 250 twin. For $3,700. Who's yeah. Who makes it? SSR. Here, look at Look SSR. at what, what do you think they Pass model? it around. It's, what do you, it's made oh, of 79 What do you think they modeled that after? Offer? Well, like What's certain sitting, parts of it are being They didn't even hide the holes no. in the number no, plates. No, they didn't. They didn't even they didn't try. Know. It is purely rip off of V7. Yeah. But that little tiny that you little know. tiny V-twin motor. So Vnox It's so like a Zong Shen. It's like a yeah. it's like yeah. a yeah. decent motor, I guess, yeah. if you want to say. So Kimco used to have <laughs> back when Christ was a private. They Kimco didn't even try a, to hide what Kimco they were, had a bike called a Vnox 250. That was shaft drive or whatever. And, but it was a, a liquid-cooled V-twin, mm. 250. And it was in this like weirdly V-rod cruiser chassis. Mm. It was called the V-Nox. And basically, they were toxic on the sales floor. Mm. Because like anybody came in and was like, I want a cruiser. Well, here's a Kimco. Kimchi? Yeah, right. No, Kimco. It's a cruiser. Yeah, it's silver even. And it's got a V-twin? Yep. It's it's liquid cooled. It's got fake fins and everything. Mm. So, come on, give me your four thousand bucks. I don't know. It's not a Harley. You're right. not a Harley person. You're your caviar taste on a macaroni and cheese budget, right? <laughs> right? I don't know. We sold two of them. <laughs> but what that thing did? I mean, like solid aluminum discs, and like it was beautifully done. And if it had a seven fifty liquid cooled. 90 horsepower engine, it would have been one of the greatest bikes ever to compete with a V-Rod. Right. In that time period. At that budget. Right. All right. All of the caveats line up in a pile after that. But 
What I will say is at 10,000 RPM, it was the happiest V-twin I'd ever ridden. <laughs> but the thing is, it was a cruiser bike. Who made the motor? Kimco. Kimco, okay. Yeah. It was a liquid-cooled Kimco that was, like, happy to spin over 10,000 RPM and liquid-cooled. And if it wasn't in a very heavy cruiserish chassis, it would have been a fun little motor. Like, right, right. take all the bullshit off of it, let it be a liquid-cooled 250 mm-hmm. that you can rev to 12,000 RPM right. and sign me up. Mm-hmm. I, I, I will take as many as you can send me. <clears throat> but it was a disaster as a Vinox. And I keep waiting for somebody to be like, hey, I've got a crashed or a lightly crashed or garage, whatever, fettered Vinox that I would like somebody to buy from me for like no dollars. Right. And we can take it and just like take everything off of it. And if we take everything off of it, we'll have a good motorcycle. Oh, those ice cubes are perfect. Somebody, a true professional must have filled that ice cube tray. Okay. <laughs> so anyway. All right. Last question. I hold in my hand the last quiz question at one hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> Carson. Yeah, what nice. was the highest altitude ever achieved by a motorcycle? Ooh. And guys, I'm telling you, this one shocked the shit out of me. 25,000 feet. Um, what is that? Mo- I don't know if you can do that on Earth. <laughs> Seriously, so what it wasn't the portage of the top like, of Everest or what? Like 19,000. No, 50,000. Okay, it? since we're headed down this rabbit trail, <laughs> uh, I'm going to give you the answer so we can. So it turns out the greatest altitude reached by a motorcycle is 21,230 feet. That wasn't that far off. I know. Achieved by Gianfranco Bianchi. I love his name. Gianfranco Bianchi. Yeah, right. Bianchi's an old motorcycle. Right, right, right. Gianfranco Bianchi, a resident of Chile, on the Ojos de Salado Volcano. Thank you. You're a little help with the pronunciation on that? Thank you. In the Atacama region of Chile, on the 22nd of March, 2015, Gianfranco... Recently... Was driving a fuel injected Suzuki RMZ Z for our Canadian friends 450. That's an RMZ 450. He could have gone higher if he had carburetors. (laughs) (laughs) He would have had to reject 12 times. (laughs) I didn't know they made a 62 main jet until James and I tried to drive across. on a madass. On a madass. <laughs> so, like, Vale is like Vale is one thing. Like Vale and Breckenridge, that's all one thing. But Shrine Pass is proper high. Right. Like Shrine Pass is way the fuck up there. I've had, I've had a, a rental truck stuck hard in Shrine Pass in a summer month. Go figure. I'd have Mexicans come and pull me out. Yeah. And they were laughing as I got a Dodge Ram rental. Stuck hard right. on Shrine Pass. And they were like, what is he doing? And I, I drove hard at the snow. I wanted to get that extra 700 feet of elevation to go up to the campsite at Shrine Pass. And I tried, but it no. was not negotiable no, at that time of the year. And they were nice enough to come over and, and pull my ass out of the snow. Because it turns out a Dodge Ram 4x4 can't go through Shrine Pass. No, can't make it. Uh, anyway, yeah, it turns out an RMZ 450, which wow. is a fuel-injected 
Suzuki. Imagine that. Made it to uh, to the astronomical heights of 21,230 feet. That's 11,000 feet above where you need oxygen if you're in an airplane. How heavy which was the rider? Piston melted <laughs> I have no idea. His name was a, John Franco yeah. Bianchi. As a slightly fat guy, I don't think I could do that. You'd have to be a svelte dude to be on the motorcycle. When we were at Shrine Pass... What? She doesn't have efficient lungs. Yeah, well, when we were at Shrine Pass, James and I both used to smoke back then. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we were at Shrine Pass, I wanted James to scamper off on the hillside and take some action shots of me riding the bike in the snow. Because, you know, snow is not something you encounter on a cross-country trip not all usually, the time, right, usually, yeah. right? And so we had to go a lot out of our way to find snow to get the hero points of riding a 125 motorcycle at the top of America right. on Trine Pass. And so, yeah, so James tried to scamper up the hill to get a good shot. And James had to stop halfway up the hill. Because he ran out of oxygen. (laughs) (laughs) And he was just, like, he was, like, literally got out of the car and tried to go, like, what might have been 27 steps up a hillside in snow. And he was like, hold on. I need to take a minute. That's where the wall needs that Trump wants. That needs to go there (laughs) so that people can't go over it. There we go. We we figured it out. That's it. That's it. Twenty one thousand feet is high as a motherfucker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's high. Yeah, oh yeah, that's super duper high. So that's I mean that's pretty cool though. Twenty one thousand feet. That's cool. He had, like, extra bags of blood that he was, like, infusing himself with. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah. You guys fucking totally fucking <laughs> Lance Armstrong your shit to get I, over I, there. I, I can tell you, I have been at high altitudes in my life. I have never been at 21,000 feet, yeah. ever, uh, that I've been aware of. I know I've been around 15,000 feet. Do you guys get some mushrooms? There. No, we just got gas and we just right. drove here. That's I don't it. know what's yeah. going on. And, <laughs> And I've also taken that turn. Yeah. <laughs> and Albuquerque. And like the Pikes Peak, like the whole thing with like Pikes Peak donuts and like high altitude donuts and shit. Trust me, a high altitude donut's a thing, but you should have a high altitude shot of vodka or a high altitude shot of liquor. <laughs> right. Because there's a reason in Park City, Utah, you can't buy a shot and a beer together. It's not the Mormons. No. No. It's, it's safety. The, it's safety. <laughs> it's like I've skied at Park City and there's a reason they don't want you taking a whole tray of shots back to your table. Right. It's because high altitude. Well, really, uh, it affects you, the alcohol. Oh, dude. Yeah. The first time well, there's no ever, air in the air. Dude, the first time <laughs> I was ever in Boulder, no Colorado, right? Yeah, right. These guys were like, hey, what's up? And they're like, yeah. He's like, I was going to DJ this party but way back in the day. Take me to a bar. Yeah, I had three beers. I couldn't function. Right, it was, exactly. Oh, it was so, when there's no air in the air, oh no, humans don't work well. So the highest that I've been, I just I just Google it. It's a it's a volcano in Mexico City. When I was eighteen, yeah, actually seventeen. It's seventeen thousand eight hundred miles. Feet. Walk feet. seventeen thousand eight hundred yeah. feet. That's yeah. fucking high. Yeah. I mean, that's super duper. Yeah, I was high. pretty high by the time. I got it was pretty. Knew my name. Yeah, you no. were like, oh, was oh my god, this is amazing. So All right, so the last topic we're going to talk about tonight, we're going to close our podcast on the following. It better be that fucking car I looked up, and it's awesome. It is. The car motorcycle thing. We're going to talk about motorcycles that aren't motorcycles. Oh, that thing is so cool. So it turns out that due to some weird legislation in the United States, in a lot of states, if you have what we would call a Morgan three-wheeler, you still need to wear a helmet. 
And this thing is so fucking cool, though. Okay. So the company's called Vanderhall. Oh, so cool. And it's like, it's named after your frat buddy who did too well for himself. I mean, Vanderhall, for fuck's sake. Well, did you watch the whole thing? I did. So Vander, or no, hold on. Hall is the guy's last name. Hall is the guy who built it. Vander is his mother's maiden name. That's exactly right. So Vanderhall. What was it originally be called? Test, test? I don't know fucking idea. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I should call. I would always call it back more. to you, Rutgers. No, it was going to be. It was going to be. It was going to be Hall Moto. Hall Moto. Yeah. And he thought it was way too Chinese yeah. sound or it way is. too Japanese sounding. It is. And it was going to take away from the American aspect. No, of Vander the Hall now it sounds English. Well, Vander Hall is the right. name of it, and, and Vander Hall is what it is. And it what's is interesting so cool. about it is, I give them credit because. You know, the Morgan, which has lived a few existences, and there have been various different versions, everything from an SNS V twin motor on the front right. of the thing. You know, there's been all kinds of different <laughs> shit. The speedster's but, cool, dude. Okay, I don't like three wheel vehicles. I'm not usually. Not, I don't like them. I agree, 100%. I would only take an Izetta if it had the four, the extra two wheels in the back. Like, I don't care for three-wheeled vehicles. Mm-hmm. I say the only three-wheeled vehicle I like is something with a sidecar. Okay. I mean, I mean, yes. Yes. from a, yeah. like a motorcycle From a mathematical standpoint. And I agree no, with all you guys, a, but after yeah. watching the whole thing with him and Jay Leno, yeah. and he explains yeah. why he did what he did, yeah. I don't hate this guy anymore. <laughs> no, and I that was my problem. So my problem is I love any situation in which I instinctively knee-jerk reaction, fuck you. Yeah, right. I love it when I go, fuck you, 100%. but then after... <clears throat> A minute and a half. A couple mm-hmm. of drinks. Mm-hmm. And a few drinks. I go, oh, uh, I see what you did there. Tinkle, tinkle. And then you hear some guy. <laughs> then you hear a There's guy. A sign of happiness. <laughs> then you hear a guy that owns. And the DTs. Like whatever he wants to fucking yeah. own. Yeah. Anything. He can right. be like, oh, that costs $10 million. Oh, I'll man. buy that. Whatever. And he goes, this doesn't suck. Jay Leno is the spirit of American dungaree. Capitalism, right. right? Like, I mean, he's a guy who's like, well, I tell jokes, I make money, and uh, I buy cars, yeah, right, and steam engines, and whatever. But and he's also honest about. But he's sweet as shit. Yeah, right. And he, I, I've been around him a couple of times, and he's never done anything around me to think that he's anything other than a true fucking gearhead, right? Like, I, the dude is a dude. Like he's a dude. Well, the dude the has the dude has at least estimating. 10,000 hours of video of him online appreciating or depreciating cars or things. He showed up in our scooter rally and was honestly geeking out over the bikes. Right. And he didn't need to be there, and nobody paid him to be there. And no. He was there of his own fruition, and he was a dude that was just kind of like, hey, he so has how is a Lambretta better than a Vespa? Right. And then we'll sit there, and once he hears the whole argument... Then we'll participate in the argument. And I appreciate that. No, he has validity yeah. in anything he does. Yeah. God, really, God bless really him. So, right. you know, and he's one of America's treasures. Right. And he's got the chin of all chins. No, I'm, I, I said that with, with air quotes. No, but the uh, thing with, right. is, it's yeah. rare in our time and time to have somebody that, like, has his... Cure fucking cancer. I don't give a shit if you can tell jokes. If you're a nice guy and you can tell jokes, that's great. Or more cool. importantly, be but honest about motor vehicles. <laughs> that's that's what we're concerned about. And he is. He has because he had people on his show where he's like, "This kind of sucks. Why don't you do this?" 
Like yeah. he's honest. He because he doesn't give a fuck. What is it? What does it benefit him to give a fucking uh, invalid opinion Again, about anything? We are all just temporarily displaced billionaires. So, so right. is that as in production already? Is oh it, yeah, is a, is you, can you can really? buy this. You can buy it. Yeah, and, and for, it's fucking affordable for anybody but me. <laughs> yeah. It, so in the neighborhood of twelve long or twenty long. Yeah. So around twenty to twenty six thousand dollars, you can get these things in various different levels of appointment. Yeah. Right. And I this it was is twenty nine to thirty. I mean twenty nine ninety five. That was for their uh, lagoon. The top one. Yeah. Their mm-hmm. Venice. So they've got it's, several so different that's more expensive. But what does this compare to that shitty thing that all hip hop guys like? You mean the uh, the slingshot? Slingshot. How much does that cost? They're about the same. Yeah, they're in the same hunt. So you either get like a shitty like transformer looking asshole fucking hip hop thing, thing, or you can oh, buy okay. this. There's an opinionated uh, <laughs> well, I'm just description. Saying. It's very hip-hop asshole. Couldn't. Well, but here's what I want to acknowledge. Like, seriously. Motorcycle. Well, this is why it's on the podcast. The reason it's on the podcast is that alternative alternative motorcycles right. have become very popular in the past five or six years. Sure. So Can-Am Spiders, Slingshots. Don't yeah. like them. Don't like yeah. them. Right. But they're all hideous. They're all like transformer Und looking. This is auch. I mean, auf Deutsch. This is also. Um, this is also hideous. It is only not hideous when you park it next to a Morgan. So when you park it next mm. to a Morgan three wheeler, right. this mm. is less ridiculous than a Morgan. Its motor is in a better place. Its powertrain is more logical. So if you're going to pull the Richard Hammond top gear test, like Richard Hammond is driving around in a British racing green Morgan with <clears throat> bullshit, right. you know. Uh, 40 Warhawk teeth on the side of it. Right, right, right. And some kind of an SNS Harley Davidson motor in the front of it. This is actually a better distributed, like designed thing. Right. Like, they have no weight in the back. Right. It's, 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 this is a it smarter. It doesn't need the back. Right. This it's, is a smarter vehicle. Right. It's better engineered. It is but, better engineered. Right. Right. But I mean, it's like an Edsel. It is. And it's also like, in, in what do we call the Elio? Just saying, it's better engineered. Right. But. It's still Where ugly. is the Elio, though? Right well, now? where is the Elio? So right. you you got money down on Elio. Yeah, but, well, I'll never see it again. <laughs> but here's the thing. These guys have Elio's gone... These guys are building out. shit. Hold on. Yeah. Besides these guys developing and dealing this and putting it out on the street, yeah. you want to take it down to, like... You can buy it. Well, not only that, but, yeah. like, you want to take it down? They were like, why are the headlights behind the grill? Right. Well, that's because we use four Cree he- right. beams, right. and they... Offset our grill, and they shine past it. Yeah, they don't. Care. This is not. No, no. This was actually why I wanted to shine some. Light. Oh, Jesus Christ! Really? Why I wanted to shine some light. Yeah, yeah, was say, uh, stage. yeah right. Yeah, yeah. Why I wanted to let people know about the Vanderhall is because the Vanderhall is the first thing where somebody said, "Okay, well, yeah, three wheels. Why, Doctor Zeus? You know, bears on, you know, wheels. Uh, more wheels is better. You know." The fetishy aspect of always adding a wheel to a motorcycle beyond a sidecar has gotten out of control. And this company has actually said, well, this is the platform we're working with. And we acknowledge the fact that in your state you may need to wear a helmet, but we assume that you're a motorcycle-endorsed person, so you're way ahead of that anyway. That's taken from their own bullshit marketing jargon, was saying, like, if you're into this, you're already a motorcyclist's. So you already have a motorcycle endorsement. 
So I don't need to walk you through the baby steps of driving our shit. And the coolest thing for me to see this thing and look up and look into it and whatever, Jay Leno said, if my personal garage was to build this yeah. from the ground yeah. up, it, it would cost, cost $20,000 more totally than agree. they're selling it, it for. I totally agree. Go ahead. Right. So is, do you think the tar- target market is the motorcyclist? No. Or is it the person who mm. doesn't, doesn't feel comfortable riding a motorcycle and feels more comfortable having a side-by-side, a little bit more stability? <clears throat> you know what? And, you know, is going to spend $25,000. She don't have handlebars. Yeah, steering got a steering wheel. wheel. A yeah. wooden steering wheel. Right. A manufactured yeah. And what I think is interesting is all this shit is for the people who want alternative vehicles. So when I was in Waikiki, the hot vehicle to rent wasn't a Bentley. The hot vehicle to rent wasn't a, you know, uh, an aerial square, you know, an aerial atom. Mm. The hot vehicle to rent apparently was one of those bullshit slingshots, right? Mm. Like hair in the wind kind of thing. But puts yeah, hair, hair in the wind, wind, hair in the wind, or like <clears throat> different, being being weird, being different. Like the three wheeler ethos is no longer Steve Hoffert, where he's got a Ural with a side hack built into it, or a BMW with a side sidecar. Like the three wheeler ethos is not that. To to us. Three wheeler equals sidecar, right. and correct motorcycle with a chair associated to it. To the rest of the planet, three wheeler is reverse trike, and I hate the term reverse trike; it makes me sick. Uh, but it's that thing, and it goes back like type in trihawk into your Google browser, and it goes back into the days of two in the front, one in the back, and something in the middle to make it go. But the big thing about this thing is that they looked into all that, and most people have a hard time controlling a machine that has two um, docile wheels and a drive wheel in the right. back. Right. So this thing has a normal car situation where it has differentials and two drive wheels in the front, and the rear wheel does nothing except It's a front-wheel drive Dodge Omni with, no, mm. right, with one wheel in the back. Right. And the, the yeah. difference yeah. is that is, yeah. is that... It handles much more neutral than yeah. anything you've ever driven in your life. And it literally is crank the wheel around, right? point the tires to where you want to be, stab the gas. Right. Whereas a lot of these slingshots, people right. rent them, they hit the gas, and they're in the fucking tree. Exactly. Yeah. And so Can-Am Spiders, too. All right. So until Can-Am got a handle on their traction control and their power steering and everything else, the very first Can-Am Spiders, which... You know, we're not allowed to have anymore. Right. We're exciting because you could drop the clutch in those things and just reef the back end around like a snowmobile. Mm-hmm. And it was very exciting. But it was also extraordinarily dangerous to idiots. Especially if you had lean yeah. and your yeah. your radio on. Right. <laughs> but the long and short of it is this whole concept is it's essentially a front wheel drive car in the front. So it's like every other front-wheel drive car you've ever operated. And the back, though, is extraordinarily lightweight. Do they have these down at Clear Fork? They don't. No, but here's here's the... So the the guy that made this even thought about all this. And so the the anti-lock braking actually lets the rear end do things 
but it still keeps it in place, so right. you don't feel like you have a three wheel vehicle. Right. Like he really thought this shit out. It, it's and it's all GM parts, so yeah. you can get replacements. Everything in the car is complete. Well, the car, the trike, <clears throat> everything in it is super off the shelf. Right. And mm. I give them a lot of credit for that. And and that's why if I were to say, would I want to own a slingshot, which mm-hmm. I have observed all the problems that slingshots are having, belt drive, right. etc. Or this. This is a better idea. So, let me ask you this, because I don't know. Right. What is, if you wanted the basic no-frills action slingshot versus the basic... So, we know the the basic thing is like 29 grand. Uh, Yeah. Slingshot's 21 and a half, yeah. So... There, but you get nothing. You get no heated seats, no heated anything. Well, and also, we just looked at the new Can-Am Spiders that were at the motorcycle show. Mm-hmm. And the new Can-Am Spiders were very svelte. They were very trimmed up. Yeah. And they were quite, I mean, I, I almost kind of looked at it and went, oh, oh, you've given up on the bullshit. Like, you've gotten it back to three wheels, right? So, the more that I look at that stuff, this is all shit that if you don't have 20 large hanging around... You shouldn't be looking at this. Right. Like this stuff is all in that category of twenty large or better. Right. And if you don't need the experience of three wheels or sitting next to your passenger, your passenger being to your immediate right. Um, but what I think is interesting about this is this is all weirdly a part of the motorcycle world. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. every single part of this. Like I think it's its, it's license. I mean, personally, I think it's its own world. But it's not because think, the no, the law sees it as no, a motorcycle. Yeah. I don't. I mean, so you have a mo- you can drive or ride it, drive right. it if you have a motorcycle license. That's well, let me ask laws, you this. But yeah. just because so, you have a motorcycle license doesn't make it a part of the motorcycle. All right, time out. Right. If you buy one of these things, yeah. And you have your temporary, and you right. have to get your license. Yeah. Can yeah. you take the motorcycle license on that fucking thing? There is a test. So there is a test in various states, state to state. They do have a trike test and then there's this thing and this thing causes a lot of problems because if we go way way back in time so we go back to the age of the original morgan three-wheelers we go back to the original izettas and so izettas were built with two front wheels and two back wheels but there were also izettas built that were two front wheels and one back wheel and so there's always been these weird cars that had one less wheel than they were supposed to robin reliance like, there's a lot of shit, or Reliant Robins, sorry. There's a lot of weird cars that existed that didn't have four wheels. Mm-hmm. And so we come back to the bears on wheels concept about, like, is this a motorcycle? One, no, it's not a motorcycle. Is this in the motorcycle vein? Well, a Can-Am, you sit on a Can-Am as though it were a motorcycle. Well, that's more of a motorcycle than yeah, a slingshot or a Morgan or, exactly. a, or this right. new thing. And a Can-Am to me has always you been... You handlebars? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you okay. straddle mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Right. So, so you also straddle a Can-Am. Can-Am. That's yeah. a good point. So a Can-Am to me has always been a snowmobile I that was wheel. temporarily wheel. displaced into the world right. of yeah. two wheels. Right. Yeah. But, yeah... And these things with two in the front and one in the back are all kind of cars because you drive them with the right. steering wheel no. and you Pocket use them and, and you use the mindset. There's a seat belt, right? Mm-hmm. You use the mindset of an automobile driver to drive these things, and they're not motorcycles, and they're not motorcycles with an extra wheel. So, do they need an, an endorsement for this? They do. In a lot of states, car. they do. Well, in a lot of states, they have a trike. So, I've taken the trike test in the state of Ohio. Hmm. Which is an actual test they do hmm. for people who own 
um, Harley Davidson trikes, like service cars and stuff like that, or people that maybe are on uh, or you're all with the sidecar. So there is a test we have in the state of Ohio for specifically for people with three-wheel endorsement, trike endorsements. Mm. These are not that. And the test is dumb. I mean, it's dumb. It's dumber than the motorcycle test, let me tell you. Do they have like, to parallel park? No. No, but it's kind of sort of like it. But what I guess I'm thinking is this stuff, all of this stuff, whether it's a Morgan or whether it's a uh, Can-Am or whether it's a Slingshot or whether it's a Vanderhall, like these bikes or cars minus one wheel are all what they are. They're not. I mean, they could be considered a hybrid almost. They sure could. I mean, it's a yeah. it's a, something in between. Yeah, it is something yeah. in between, and and it gives somebody a chance. I mean, it it lets the people that aren't skilled enough to ride a motorcycle the opportunity to kill people on motorcycles. Ah! <laughs> yeah, you, you called me for I mean, me I saying can't, that I can't tell you how many times <laughs> special needs. Look, no. man, if somebody chopped two of my legs off below the knee. No, that's like if a, that's I instantly a became not if I instantly became in the position where I could not use my legs, would I be would I be more prone to purchasing a, a Okay. Let's say this. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I want. Welcome back, Steve. If I'm gonna go ahead and have both my legs amputated between beneath the knee, mm-hmm. I'm probably gonna have a band at twelve hundred with a hack. And I'm probably going to have an equaline hack, something that leans with me. So I will be able to lean the motorcycle 18 to 40 degrees in each direction and still traverse planet Earth, leaning the bike with a sidecar, what leans with me. And they make that. That exists. I'm not, I'm not fabricating that. That's a product I can buy. And it will still be a motorcycle, and I will have to get out of my wheelchair or my Jerry's Kid, kilt, kid Stilts or whatever the hell I'm on, and I'll have to scamper up and crawl up on top of this thing, strap myself on, or Velcro myself to this motorcycle. Throw your equipment in the sidecar. <laughs> Throw then... my Jerry's Kid gold-plated crutches in the sidecar, and off I fuck at 120 horsepower at maximum velocity, leaving black stripes on the tarmac. And I will do a dark side conversion and put car tires on the fucker, but like that's where I will be. Okay, but you look at that guy in yeah. the wheelchair that goes through the... the uh, Metro Parks. Right. Yes. That guy has a motorcycle that he rolls his... It his, is... Yeah. To the left is an motorcycle. Right. right. It's a bike so he, with... Like a, like a, <clears throat> a sidecar that is... That he can... Wheel a wheelchair to it. Right, right, right. I mean, he's got a CV750 automatic. And then to the right of the CV750 is a sidecar with a tailgate. Mm. Yep, and the yep. tailgate drops down... And he rolls his wheelchair up into the back of it. He moves a lever, and it locks the wheelchair in. And he has handlebars in front of him in the sidecar that control via heim joints all the way over to the motorcycle. And he can put a passenger, because I've seen him do it, put a passenger on the motorbike (laughs) who's holding handlebars that don't do shit. Nice. So the passenger on the motorcycle in the driver's position of the motorcycle and the passenger behind the driver's position of the motorcycle are both passengers. He's in the sidecar in his wheelchair controlling the whole show via a nineteen seven or a nineteen eighty Honda C B seven. That's a mo that's still a motorcycle. It's totally still a motorcycle. Right. But right. he's also a fucking rock star. 
depends on how many drinks you catch him after on bike night. Yeah, I mean, he's a bit of a hostage. A bit of a hostage taker. Those guys. If if I see another one of those guys on a three wheeler come over the double yellow when they're trying to negotiate, uh, yes. Now this is a major problem. I have a problem with that. Because in the Adirondack, yeah. I, mean, I, I ride a lot up there. Yes, and I, there's a lot of those guys up yeah. there. I mean, there's always like packs of them. Oh, I've had and they're more like than on one the road like, spider. like deer. I've been on more than one road where I see the Can-Am Spider Touring Edition, which is like 197 liters of luggage, coming left of center at me, all nine and a half <sighs> feet wide of it, in my lane, and I'm like. You have three wheels. Oh, I'm sorry. You have three car tires worth of traction. Why are you up in my shit? Yeah. Like you have contact patch, I would kill for, and you're over in my lane, and I'm on my 1973 contact patch of you know slightly minuscule Metzlers ME880s, like hanging on for dear life on a vintage motorcycle, and you're all up in my lane. And yeah, that's why I don't like Can-Am Spiders. Well, it's the same yeah. thing with the slingshots, though, too. Well, those, mean, and those guys, let's just call it for what it's worth. Everybody yeah. who owns a slingshot or everybody who rents a slingshot is that guy. Well, no, I mean, they're I, just, I they're, they, they still got a closet full of affliction shit. I just yeah. love it when they wave, and I'm like, yeah, you're waving. You're a car there, bro. Just wave it like a, a semi or something. Nice katoom. Yeah. Way to go. The, uh, yeah, there's An that. Rune. Katoom. <laughs> Katoom is my slang phrase for KTMs. Katoom. I think Katoom sounds better than KTM. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, I rented the biggest. I rented the biggest camper I could find for AMA Vintage Days. And it has a patio that folds <laughs> out. Shut the fuck up. I shits thou not. It has a garage. Garachki. It sleeps nine. Wow. Yeah. And it's a class A toy hauler with a garage. And there's a there's a bedroom above the garage. <laughs> I didn't think this was this. possible. The fucker has a poop deck. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's real. Wow. Yeah, so above the garage in the back, in the true hinterlands, there's a proper bedroom up there with like a big flat TV and everything and windows so somebody's going to get it like a, a queen-size bed above the garage in an RV. AMA Vintage Days. You, you taking reservations yet? Right, we'll, we'll see how that works out. Yeah. It's going to be like, money, money, money. This thing is a lot of money. What I spent to rent this thing is absur- obscene. Slightly it's, obscene. I want none it's, of that. because it, it's $100 li- a day cleaning, right? Or something it's like that? It's $100 a day. No, no, it's 150 <laughs> For the trip. Nice. They're going to clean it. They charged me $150 to clean it. All of it. All of it. That means the ashtrays. That means everything. I'm happy to be in my tent. I just want the the location. (laughs) That's all I want. You know it's mid-Ohio. You know where we'll be. Along the fence. And so the day you need to get there is July 4th, right? (laughs) Since you gotta settle down there, Charlie. So July July fourth July fourth is the day you have to be there. I don't know, but I'm gonna be there Thursday. No, Thursday, July fourth. I'm gonna be there Thursday. That's what I'm I'm coming. I rented this thing for a week. Yep. So all of our Santa Cruz people, so the misfits 
They so better the bits can come in as much as two days early or two days late. They got a place to stay. Yeah. Because I, ba- I basically rented this thing for a week to save like $75. But, but but here's the thing. So the the, the 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 load in starts on July fourth. Is that what it is? Yeah. Thursday. Oh yeah. So we are we are we have to provide explosions. Nah. That, that is our that's our look. D- I am not in charge of combustibles. I am only in charge of house. Okay. House so you wheels. secure that. I'm I will se- bring a lot of things that blow up. Well, look. All right. The way it shows up. So nobody coming in from. Nobody coming in from Santa Cruz, the Santa Crustaceans, they can't bring explosives because no, we can. Right. Meanwhile, we're from Ohio, the land of black cat, phantom fireworks. Wait, whatever. None of, them are, none of them are riding this year. I don't know. Because all their bikes blew up on the way here. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Can I say that? Look, I, think- I will tell you that Henry and Bex and Liza too. <laughs> And like, well, wait, did you see that Liza got the AMA vintage, like Friends of the AMA award this week? Yes. Yeah. What's yeah. up with that? They're, I don't. She's been, great. She's kicked ass. But like, that's all AMA great and everything. Like, but I think fucking Bagel shaved his beard, which I have to fight him now. If he comes. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. Because, like, he had a great beard. He had and a he majestic shaved. beard. Yeah, right. Now yeah, Bagel like, had a majestic beard. He probably had cream cheese caught in it. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> but now I'm the king of beards. You know how hard world. it is to live with a giant beard. All right. It, well, it does. Exactly it has it. its issues. Yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's a problem. It makes you hiccup. It's a level of commitment. <laughs> he no, gave up on the beards. His yeah. diaphragm's getting stimulated all the right. time. Your nose is really red. No, no, no. Oh, but I digress. <laughs> back to Mid-Ohio. We all digressed. So back to Mid-Ohio. Apparently they would like me to come back and do a, another uh, symposium on carburetors. No. Nice. And why they're the devil. I was about why to say, I'll take like devil. two minutes. They suck. Carburetors. That's, yeah. Carburetors. I hope you enjoyed them while they were here. Yeah, right. Right. No. Turns out the the corn industry doesn't want you to have carburetors. No. So anyway. But we're going to do that again because yeah. that was fun. So we're going to do that, and we're going to do more, not a ramp. We'll do more, like, on Fuego, mm-hmm. because Why we not? should. Yeah. This year, I'm bringing cameras, <laughs> and I'm going to record all of this in, a, a, like, official, like, 4K Clevamoto recap. One, good for you. Yeah. Two, not going to change my behavior one bit. No, not at if all. If Naked Jim falls down, I'm falling down with him. Right. We're going no, down. We're gonna have we're gonna have a million. I still plus. I still have a Captain America onesie. I'm not afraid to bust it out. Right, right. Yeah, we're going we're going in and we're going in hard. Uh, I have forty. A black like a, a black stripe. Like a stripe right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got a government job. Here's my thing. I have four days left of vacation in 2019. And right. I'm spending them all at Mid Ohio. Oh, of course. Hundred percent. Oh, you gonna bring your hovercraft with you? Oh, everything. No, everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. dude. So, so, so get the get the view from. Do you know what? Up. Do you know what happened this week? By I the do, way, I do know what happened. No, you didn't. You don't know. I saw you getting tattooed and piloting an aircraft at the same time. Yep, I was one of the few people to ever get FPV tattooed while being tattooed. So I filmed myself out of my body getting tattooed in a six foot room this week. I knew that. You didn't know that. How'd you know that? What you do you mean the video. You, you posted it. Your body. Yeah, because I had I goggles on and I was filming Insta here. Slam. Wait, yeah. do you have a camera in your goggles? No. Yeah. Exactly. One hundred percent. Yeah. 
So like I, I was like sitting in the room. It's Face a six cram? foot six foot room, <laughs> and I had goggles on with the little drone, and he was tattooing me, and I flew around <laughs> us, so I looked like I was not and in you had a camera. On the oh drone? yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was crazy. Yeah, I got one of those. You do? Yeah, I have it. It was around the house and look. And it hurt, and I had to suck it up and just do it because it was fucking sweet, man. Hold on, I'll I'll show you. You, You're not allowed. Yeah, yeah, listeners. Yeah, let's check this out. Yeah, you can't you can't see this right now. Yeah, but I was one of the I was one of two people in the world to do this, so I'm kind of proud about this. So. You can all that, fuck off. That week. Yeah. Well, not <laughs> in everybody this else. price yeah. range. Yeah, right. The, uh, in this price range. <laughs> <laughs> Phil just left again. He's like running out. So what tattoo did you get? I can't. Well, here. Oh, it says, no. Don't answer. It says oh, no. FCB. Hey, oh, 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 did we eat all those cheese noodles? Uh, no. no. Oh, okay. I really yes. don't want to see this. Oh, Cheesy you poops. have to see no. it. Oh, oh, God. I want to be so, here, here. a listener at this point. see that? I got that. So my whole leg is tattooed, but that was right, what right. I got it done. Looks like Chuck Schumer. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you get Chuck Schumer on your thigh? I got that tattooed on me. You got Nancy go. Pelosi on the other one? No, I did. I'm very bipartisan. I like to have all the tattoos. I so you guys may remember for ages ago, we were talking about this Ducati Multistrad that used to sit right here. Oh, yeah. So there used to be a Ducati that... It's over there now. It is. You know Why? It runs? It runs. Oh, yeah. So here's a here's a tech tip, a top tip from the folks at Cleveland Moto. So if you happen to own a Ducati and your Ducati happens to be fuel-injected, hmm. that means that inside your fuel-injected Ducati, you have a fuel pump. And that fuel pump is kind of fucking expensive. <laughs> it's a Ducati, man. It's kind of way super duper expensive. Like, in the neighborhood of like $700. That's a lot of money. And uh, so what we did was we, we we bought the bike cheap. So when you go to an auction, you know, we've talked about the auctions here. I do like that bike, though. Yeah, I do like the bike, too. It's oddly... It's an odd looking with that little light, but it just stared at me every Again, week. it is a certain motorcycle that only, it's not attractive to everyone, but if it's attractive to you, it's very attractive. You. It's very attractive. Yeah. So the Ducati Multistrada 2008 is an 1100S, and what that means is it's the two-valve motor. The two. So if you listen to the podcast, you'll know that where I chime in on Ducatis is... I like the two-valve motors. The, to me, the two-valve motors are the more like blue-class or the blue-collar working-class motors for Ducati. They're easy to adjust the valves. Like a dude with a YouTube account <laughs> and simple tools can maintain your own motorcycle. Now, that might not seem like a big deal, but if you own a Suzuki GS500E and I tell you to go reshim your valves... I might not see you for several hours, <laughs> right? Until you realize, like, this is not a small undertaking. Right. But when you have a motorcycle that you can adjust your own valves on, as a guy who turned wrenches... Do those have screw tappets? Yeah. Well, they're Desmo, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. So a two-valve Ducati is very, very easy to adjust and very easy to live with. And... Whereas the four-valve Ducatis, which are very sexy and make obscene power, 
they're very great in a lot of their ways, but 95 horsepower is kind of okay. You need a mechanic. Well, I've done a few four-valve Ducatis, and I can tell you that two valves are easier. Mm. <laughs> and uh, it's more like in the monster territory. Like, a good working-class Italian motorcycle is a Moto Guzzi. Mm. A good pretentious working-class motorcycle is a Ducati. Mm. A Moto Guzzi can be worked on with rock and stick. You know, like, you don't need much in the toolkit to work on a Moto Guzzi. Right. Because they're certainly, yeah, they're nut and post. They're like, you got ten millimeter check, you got an eight millimeter check. We're good. Well, and their and their their heads are facing the right direction to work on them. Exactly. Yeah. There's something dignified about being able to do a heavy service on your motorcycle without removing the gas tank. Yeah. Or and any that, other. Or yeah. any other component of the motorcycle. Right. Like Moto Guzzi's are brilliant mm. in that element of their design, and BMWs too, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they put the important vulnerable bits out oh, where you can get to them. Which is also a negative if... Well, more so for BMW because... When they fall over, it gets right. expensive, yes. But Moto Guzzi had at least the angle. You have a little bit of an angle. They say the breasts on a Moto Guzzi are that of an 18-year-old girl. The breasts of a BMW are that of a 50-year-old girl. Right. There's a certain amount of sag involved. Right. The jugs right. and their location yeah. is relative to the... Right. Yeah, right. Sophistication of the machine. The slobber exactly. dockers are right. not good. That's where they are. Yeah. A Moto Guzzi has nice perky ones yeah. up there where you can reach down and keep your hands warm. Whereas the motor, the BMW, you got to really, really reach right. down. Those are down by your feet. Right. And you have belt. to spend. You have to take them to, to dinner first. Need a belt, not a bra. For you need, those, you need dinner right. and wine before you can actually. <laughs> That's where those are. Right. So, but the Ducati. Back to the Multistrada. So it turns out here's the trick: if you guys own Ducatis or other exotic Italian machines, they use like 28 gauge wire on there. I maybe, (laughs) and it's made of angel hair. Yeah. So it turns out that going into your fuel tank Mm -hmm. is a device called uh, a fuel pump. Mm -hmm. So the fuel pump is on the dangerous side of your gas tank, Mm -hmm. and you are on the not so dangerous side of your gas tank. Mm -hmm. And the problem is you need to send electricity into the dangerous side Mm -hmm. of your fuel tank to make the fuel pump go and pump Mm -hmm. gasoline out of your fuel tank. Because when the gasoline's in your fuel tank, it's really not much good to you. But you need the gasoline to get out here where we can play fun with it and everything else. But the problem is you need to get electricity into the gas tank. And it turns out that electricity in our particular example runs in the form of direct current, what is the red and the black variety. The red variety is the positive type, and then the black has a less sunny disposition about things. Okay, so... Turns out, the wire that happens to go into an Italian gas tank, what is red, just seems to not want to allow the copper to be cool with each other. And so the copper, as it transports itself through an epoxy resin passageway, Stargate, if you will, it just decides it's not going to be there anymore. And that stops all of the positive electrons electrons from going through. And then uh, it turns out that sympathetically, the black line, which is we call the Darth Vader of the whole situation, you know, the forces, you know, light side, dark side, uh, that stops working too. So it turns out in that particular Ducati, both the red and the black copper devices gave up their 
Ghost. Ghost, yeah, and that was not cool. So what we did was, rather than trying to uh, think real hard and convince the copper to rejoin itself... Because you're not thinking real hard. ...or inject liquid copper into the middle of the outside uh, rubber Mm. gas, you know, Mm. the surface Mm. of the uh, shielding Mm. of the wire, Mm. we decided that wasn't going to work. So we instead drilled two holes in the auger, a.k.a. epoxy, and we ran in two new wires, a red wire and a black wire. Bypassing. And and adjacent to. Adjacent to. Adjacent to. And I like to say, like, when the subway tunnel 1 and 2 are fucked, Mm -hmm. you don't try to go and rebuild subway tunnel 1 and 2. You bypass them. Just like what works with the human heart and every 40-year-old has ever tried to shovel his own driveway. And my dad, before he passed away, had seven of those fucking. Exactly. So well, well, we did a yeah. double bypass. All right, nice. right here at Cleveland Moto. So you got another twenty-five years before you need two more. Well, don't say tumor around here. Two more. <laughs> two more. <laughs> Careful about that. Yeah. It's not a two more. So we ran the extra red line and the extra black line through the uh, thing, and we drilled it out. And then, because we're professionals, we mixed up a micro batch of Caswell. Mm-hmm. Now you have to do that. Oh. Who doesn't love Caswell? There's nothing Caswell won't stop. Caswell will stop a bullet. Like, I've got a gas tank in the front of the shop that has at least 397 holes put in it by an AK-47. And Caswell would turn that into a functional gas tank again. Because Caswell. Because Caswell. Remember that fuel tap? Caswell does. And that's why it's not a fuel tap anymore. Caswell finds the places where... Air and things can go, and it fills them mm. with epoxy, plastic, that can't be penetrated mm. by the Spetsnaz. Like, nobody can get through Caswell. Except for a drill, maybe. Even so. So we did that, and uh, turns out the f- replacement fuel pump assembly for the Ducati 1100S Multistrada is $798. Mm. We achieved perfection with much much less than that and that's the tech tip from cleveland moto is rather than spend nearly eight hundred dollars of your hard-earned currency you can drill two holes run two wires put caswell on both sides of them if you're fancy i think it would have worked with super glue honestly but we did it and we have an running motorcycle now, the interesting thing was at auction, all these motorcycle dealers standing around in a circle. And if you could picture a, a circle full of piranha or great white sharks or fugu or lionfish, it wouldn't have been any less vicious than a circle full of motorcycle dealers looking at this bike going, it, it's pretty. It's an 1100S. Yeah. It's got all the cool shit on it. Yeah, it's got a Terminioni exhaust. Yeah, it's got a power commander. Yeah, but it won't start. Fuck it. And they walked away. Mm-hmm. So I bid at a laughable amount of one money and won the auction because it didn't start. And sometimes being confident in your ability to fix something mm-hmm. is worth like $7,000. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it's worth exactly $7,000. Because we're going to sell that motorcycle for that much money. <laughs> because we could make it work. And it's running now. We, like, we took it out today and had fun with it. So, like, let me ask you this. Yeah. So, you've had 
you've always had, but recently have embraced yeah. your YouTube personality. No, no, I'm still not comfortable with it. No, but you've done well. We've gotten better lighting. Yeah, right, right. yeah. So you've done an am- So I'm only bringing this back because I've been gone for a while. Our YouTube channel has views. Yeah. And apparently, forty-seven thousand people need to know about the Kimco Like One Fifty scooter. No, scooters. no, <laughs> I'm sure one of the one of the most exciting and 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 um, embracing videos has been the KZ. Oh shit! Video. No, no. I, uh, so, how has that? So you've you've basically laid the hammer down on all the. I had a bad moment. No, no, it was and great. I was sober. I think I think that was the Pretty best sober. thing. So, have you sold either KZ yet? I have. Okay. Both of them. Really? To the and same, light us, To please. the same person. Come on. Today. Yes. Well, I've received a deposit. Okay. And the person who's buying both KZs, the KZ900 and the KZ1000. Yes, sir. That same person is from the UK. And he loves your video? He did. I have I've gotten two thumbs down on my video. Fuck those guys. I know. Let's, let's hear about the great again. Yeah. But he did. He watched the video and he saw the things and he he wanted to buy my bikes. So he bought my bikes. So that was one of the yeah. like. So like you know, YouTube has become TV for a lot of people. <laughs> yes, it has. And and I myself think included. Yeah. Ninety thousand yeah. dealers and people that have dealt in motorcycles. Wanted to hug you. It was a cleansing moment. It was. Yeah, it, it was, was a cleansing so moment. Good. But yeah, the guy that called me today, uh, who's in the UK and has an amazing brogue. Um, and the thing is, he's not, he barely speaks English. And he's getting and great he's bikes. There. He hasn't yeah, dealt with the I, yeah, US. These are great K- bikes, yeah. Here's the thing. That's even better because he hasn't dealt with the KZ. I US think it's funny people. when when people call me from other countries and they're yeah. like, "Is it really only have twenty five thousand miles on it?" Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's a lot for Ohio. Yeah, right. <laughs> and like, we have four months of riding. We so have we garages have, and a yeah. short riding season. Yeah, right, right. So since we have garages and a short riding season, that is actual mileage. Right, yeah. right. And so, so you have simply a deposit. He's deposited. Uh, in our world now, deposits have gotten bigger. I'm sure like you 50% have 50% or 10%? Well, or? It's up there. So enough to say that if he fucks off, I'm okay with that. Yeah. If he, if I never hear from him again, I'm okay. Well, when's the come to Jesus day? Um, he's yeah. got to arrange his shipping. But he knew what he was in for. I knew I was in good shape. You guys ever been to Mid Ohio and seen a dude in a white jumpsuit and his wife in a white jumpsuit? They're all Asians, and they are running around Mid Ohio buying KZs. Uh, that's Kaz, yeah. And he's an Asian fellow who's been going to Mid Ohio for like going on twenty, well, fifteen years at least. And he got his wife in the game, and then their kids are in the game. And they run a company now out of California where they buy almost exclusively Kawasaki KZ900s and KZ1000s and restore them and, and sell them or, or ship them back to Japan. And a representative from their company called here the other day and said, Hey, uh, about your uh, about your KZ1000 there, it seems like a real nice bike. And I said, It is. And they said, I'm interested in that bike. And I said, as you should be. Right. And they went, yeah, and I'd like to offer you 3000 I'd like to buy that bike for 3000 I said, I'd like to buy it for 3000 as well. In fact, if there were 10 more for 3000 I'd buy them. Of course. But this one's 4000 So, 
if you're not going to give me four thousand dollars, I'd invite you to uh, here's have your intercourse hat. with your headgear. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> here's and, your hat, uh, and, and uh, like it's been lubed properly. So if you'd like to insert, and uh, and, and I offered him to have intercourse with his headgear, and he didn't get it, <laughs> and he didn't. So I said, "Well, it's four thousand to own it. Otherwise, looks are free." But or three thousand gifts a week's rental, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> or or a darn fine deposit. Right. Or so, for a week you can have intercourse with it and then right. bring it back. The long and, and short of it is, yeah. <clears throat> I've now found the nine people who weren't the buyer for this bike, right? Or the ninety people the buyer for this bike. <laughs> but I found the guy who apparently is, nice. and the guy who is the buyer for this bike is making arrangements. So did he see the video? He did. Okay. I did he have any it. comments about the video? He thought it was hilarious. Okay. Yeah. He thought the video was hilarious. But did that, did that influence his purchase? Or he had been looking at the Is that how he out. actually did learn about No, no. He learned about the bike because he's a collector. Uh-huh. And there are a lot of KZ1000 and KZ900 collectors. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a very collectible bike. And so he's a collector, and that's where he was headed. But he wanted a bike that, he wanted a bike that could be a good street going bike. And what is interesting to me is I sometimes forget that here in America, $4,000 to the Budweiser for Lunch Bunch is a lot of money. Right. But in back on the continent, $4,000 isn't much money. Plus the exchange rate's positive for them exactly. too. So. Yeah. so this guy has already contacted some shippers and stuff, and he's working real hard to and, put those bikes in his driveway. And I'm sure if you're a Japanese guy yeah. and you're buying this bike, the story that comes with it is worth Well, like, this guy's in the UK. So this buyer oh, okay, is UK, yeah. This guy wanted to buy he wanted to buy the blue one, the KZ900 with the Saran wrap marble paint job. Mm-hmm. But he's ended up buying both of them because he realizes that in his world, $9,000 across two classic historical together turn signals and like with U.S. credentials, functioning U.S. credentials, oh, is worth it. Oh yeah, and for nine grand, yeah. I mean, like, nice. I mean, I would spend nine grand for like a, a Lambretta SX two hundred that right. was in perfect. No, mix. these so, are yeah, 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 exactly. So in their world, that's a good deal, and in my world, they're fucking gone. I can quit talking about them. But you're so, all, they're, yeah. they're also getting paperwork. You're not selling like bootleg. Right, shit. these are bikes yeah. that yeah. these are bikes that there's no doubt have never been totaled. Right. And you right. got you yeah. got. Yeah. The paint job signature. We have a signature right. on the bottom of the gas tank to show who painted right. it. So yeah, and like I mean, in other countries, good. like to us, it's like yeah, okay, cool, whatever. Oh, I was sad when I told the guy, like the guy that is buying it. I explained to him. I was like, look, I I kind of feel bad because the the seventy seven is a, a Jerry's House of Color paint job, right? Documented, and around here that means something. Mm-hmm. Now to him, in mm-hmm. you know Blackpool. Wherever, yeah, right, Essex. Uh, but at this point, yeah. in this time, it doesn't mean anything? To him. It really doesn't. But it does. It will. It does. It will. That's what I'm hoping. I, I think so. Like will. To I, where he is, like that's like the idea of like having a Von Dutch or like having something of that. Oh, Derek before has. he sold belts and shirts and stuff right. like that. Exactly. Yeah, right, right. So like that's the idea of having an original. So to to people here, we appreciate that paint job. We, we actually recognize those flames as being a particular style of flame right. that we acknowledge. Right. Like, that style of flame has been on 50 Mercs. That mm-hmm. style of flame has on, been on Model A's and Model T's, and, like, we know that style. That style is something we know. 
Mm-hmm. And to pinstripers and car painters and shit, that's a style they acknowledge. To somebody who lives in England, they're going to look at that and be like, oh my mm-hmm. God, what a disaster. But to us, it's like, if you look up Eddie Grimstead and like you're a Vespa person and you understand what Eddie Grimstead was, the Eddie Grimstead paint schemes are worth way more money. But how far yeah. behind are they? Like so, like American culture no. becomes cool at some point. Yeah, but it's that's Cleveland culture. I mean, oh, that's yeah, not, right, like that's right, not even. Yeah. yeah, that's not something that's mainstream. I mean, that's something that's only cool here. Right. So I get you. Yeah. I get you. And it's cool in its own right, but it's only cool here. To everyone else, it's like, oh my god, you know. But if you're like a super collector, yeah. that makes it even fucking so mm-hmm. much dope. And you're exactly right. If you understand where that came from and what it is. The fact that we know there was hours and hours and hours of work that went into those flames, even if you're not a flame guy. But regional shit is cool now. It's kind of cool. Yeah, man. So, like, that flame job. The only thing that's not cool about that is the seat. Well, again, (laughs) 1981. Right. But you have another seat. You you sold it with another seat. A tan king and queen seat? You kidding me? That's not attractive? No. no, Wait a second. Uh... The seat that was on the blue one, I I took the blue seat apart and I had it redone. Okay. So I had it done in a more cafe style. Yeah. But the seat that was on the blue one was six inches tall mm. and was blue velour <laughs> on all the sides. <laughs> blue velvet. Ah. Oh. Good and then all of the seating area was white naugahyde. Oh, yeah. Tuck and roll with big old buttons. Oh. So it was a big old button point tuck and roll job on the blue one. So the nice. seat was about seven inches higher than the handlebars. Nice. Or, yeah, yeah. It was a real high riser. It was a real king and queen special. That's what but you want for... on top of all of that, the blue naugahyde seat with the velour sides had your grandma's couch cover <laughs> clear vinyl on top of it oh, to preserve God. it. So when I bought that bike, it had a blue... Velour and white naugahyde button, giant one-inch button seat, king and queen on it, with a clear vinyl couch cover, slip cover on top of it, and it was custom cut. So the slip cover was custom cut in the king and queen saddle shape. So the slip cover was probably four hours of labor. So they're not sparing any expense. No, they were not. And I took it and I unceremoniously. Hacked the living shit out of it. The sawzall. Did you get a chance to ride it with the buttons? How did I that did. feel on your ass? I never felt more self-conscious about riding a KZ900. Was if I had to get off the thing and somebody would see the Liberace fucking job I was sitting on. Because this looked like Liberace's piano from 76. Like, this thing was spectacular. But not what, not yeah. what, the, not what the audience saw. Yeah. It was like the stagehands. The saw. fact that I knew what I was sitting on, yeah. and when I got off the bike, and it was white naugahyde, yeah. like, purely, this was Elvis's jumpsuit meets Liberace's trailer. And it was a disaster. And and again, all I did was I put the little Buell windshield on the front of it, yeah. and the and, and and I took the high riser like Prince and Purple Rain yeah. handlebars yeah. off of it, and put low bars on it, and that's all I did. It's still got the bullshit Formula Three Star tires on it. So does so does Europe. Uh uh, England guy get the uh, the purple rain bars. No, he that? gets it as it is. I fortunately you don't, you don't I liquidated all that parts? shit. I uh, I don't keep that shit around. 
But yeah, I mean, they are two KZs. Like, KZs with original turn signals yeah. are fucking rare. Yep. Like, when you say original turn signals, what you're saying is the whole motorcycle itself, the gas tanks and side panels and the tins have been painted, but the bikes themselves are unmolested. You know, the, and the, the tins are the easiest things to get. What's weird point. is, uh, you know, Z1 Motors and stuff, oh, like, yeah, they do you. aftermarket tins for 1200 bucks that are right. painted right. any flavor you want of root beer or whatever. But they don't have yeah. turn signals. They no. don't have exhaust. The, uh, they don't four have... Four to four exhausts yeah. are... These are both bullshit aftermarket. Like, there's a Vance and Hines on the one and a D&D Texas. Mm. I mean, you got a Texas flag on it. Yeah. Uh, horrible exhaust on the uh, KZ900. But those exhausts, you can buy now a proper KZ9 or KZ1000 uh, exhaust for less than 1200 bucks from KZ1, that, uh, from Z1, that is, like, beautiful. Yeah. I mean, and if you have a CB750, 50th birthday at the CB750 this year, you can buy those exhausts for under 1200 bucks With the crimps and everything? Yep. like beautiful. Well, better. Actually, better than the original Japanese HM units so that's a weird thing we're gonna see this year at mid-ohio it's gonna get this year at mid-ohio i'm hoping i'm alert and alive and awake enough to appreciate yeah, like the 50th anniversary of my existence on this planet you're running out of carburetors man i am running out of carburetors and i love it i absolutely love it i like it when like i still have a warehouse full of carburetors we have but... to work on last year there was a booby bouncer we have to have the wiener bouncer this year we have a whole gsxr 600 well i understand that but we have to make that into a wiener bouncer <laughs> um i'm predicting John that either next Michael week Fresh brought the booby bouncer last year i'm predicting that either next week or the week after it you do know that the camper i've rented is a entire ramp equipped toy hauler that will fit a gsxr sidecar rig mm. We have a... Well, when are we building this? We have four months. What are you doing next week? Well, yeah, we're coming All right, there. cool. All right, all right. Maybe we should start... Maybe we should wheel the GSX-R in here and be like, hmm. Yes. It might be time for a little rogue welding. I think that's what okay. has to happen. I'm The whole word... My whole world is either detachable or foldable sidecar. Just drain gas and then we can go at it. Well, I mean... Detachable or full... Oh, important safety tip. If you're going to weld on a bike that has electronic ignition and or computer... Yeah. Disconnect the ground. Disconnect. Disconnect all that right, shit. Right, right. Don't weld on anything that has a brain. Right. Yeah, because it that does not end well. Brains. Brains. Yeah. The most important thing is to have, like, seven drink holders. <laughs> I was wondering how we we're gonna do that. Yeah, right. Should we do like a traditional old school racing cart? Like it's a racing side cart, yeah. so it's just like a flat deck, yeah. and we can be creative, like put a couch on there or whatever. Theater yeah. seating. Theater seating. <laughs> Theater seating is good. I'm thinking on the motorcycle itself, bench seat for at least four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and four drink holders, four in a row. Yeah, nuts to right, butts, right. four in a row. So we're making an El Caucho. El Caucho. El Caucho. No, I'm thinking we're to make a El Sofo. El Sofo. <laughs> You've heard of sopa pillows? I'm thinking sopa pillows. El Love Sido. El Love Sido. Make it so it's like a so you could face both ways. El Pit Grupo. Yeah. Wait, El Perro Come Lata Caucho. My dog ate my couch. My dog ate my couch. All right. We all know those of us who are in a certain community. All know and love El Caucho. Yeah. All hail El Caucho. So we all know and love El Caucho. We would never try to take any no, thunder Alex is the man. from El Caucho. But <laughs> El Sofa Pio, or Sofa Pillows, <laughs> Sofa Pios, might be the answer. 
<laughs> I'm thinking that we might have to do an entire sectional on this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we could call it sectional healing. <laughs> and on that, ride fast and take chances. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-